0: Spirits of the North, South, East, West. East becomes West, West becomes
1: South. I have to go North. Love is in the air, everywhere I look around. Love is in the air, every sight and every sound.
3: Welcome to Tales of the Sand episode 270, it's 270 Prof, and uh, it's me, Gary P, and of course, it's the Prof Car, really. Do you have a printer there, Gary?
4: I think mine's broken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who has printers in their gaff anymore? Honestly. It's been broken for like two years, I just haven't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. Things just,
3: that don't exist anymore. Printers in houses, landlines, phone boxes, call cards. Go down the I'm always
4: shocked now when I hear anybody using the landline. I still have one now, but I, I rarely use it.
3: Um, yep. Yeah, so uh, still sponsored by Ocean Electrical, of course, multi-year deal signed last week, and we're very happy to have them back on board um, for all your electrical needs. So this week we have our Prez Cup review, and we look ahead to the league opener in Tala. Profit is happy new season. There's a season's predictions team. Mm-hmm. Tifty's hotline with Greener. One of our nine callers and an interview with documentary producer Ali McKenzie, who made twice in a lifetime a short doc on the oh. Rovers 4 in a row. So Ali is a died in the wall Newry fan. And um, he touches on that in the interview. And let's say mm. the contrast between being a Rovers fan and a Newry fan, there's a little bit there.
1: Mm-hmm. Just
5: a
3: little bit.
4: So, so um, two clubs in the last two weeks that we've learned about against our will. And that's uh, <laughs> Maidstone United and Newry. We had, we had May's song last week with Sam um, Yeah Tiftys hotline Season predictions uh, Printers Are involved in this That's why we're That's why we're talking about printers At the start there You'll find it later Oh well, before we go any
3: further We're actually Throwing it out there To all our budding musicians We need a Tiftys theme song So we're going to put it out there There will be a super duper Spot prize For mm-hmm. anybody who comes up with something But we want people All you budding musicians And creative types out there mm-hmm. To come up
4: With a Tiftys theme song if you can genuinely come up with a good theme song for us, it will become our opening theme of every episode, every week. And that could be you. You could be the proud author of the Tifties opening tune. I used to be able to play Nothing Else Matters for about
3: 10 seconds. That's because it doesn't
4: involve anything on in the fretboard, <laughs> it's just all the open strings.
3: And that was it. Yeah. So, um <laughs> thanks for just shutting me down like that prof. Appreciate <laughs> my musical endeavours I know never going to happen again yes yeah. uh, yeah, so two interviews Prof. from last week Sam Bone and Neil O'Donoghue I found the Neil O'Donoghue one absolutely fascinating
4: um, Neil O'Donoghue saying that OJ did it was not on the bingo board just OJ getting a mention on League of Ireland podcast not I don't think anyone I actually stopped
3: it and I was like did he just say I think he did it <laughs>
4: didn't someone send you a message saying that they just they just brought yeah, their body yeah they were like
3: Is he, he actually just he, he admitted the juice didn't he? brilliant uh, Giggsy Hand East Dan Pod smashing interview with Sam Bowen to overcome what he did at a young age to go back and play professionally at Sam Bone, the very very courteous and very very pleasant Sam Bone. I think um, it was nice to hear him be very very honest about his attitude between 18 and 20 years of age saying that he was a bit of a Charlie and that he had to learn yeah, from Yeah, yeah. I found that, that very yeah. refreshing.
4: Yeah, it is rare sort our of footballers admit that they... Well, no, I have heard it. At first, maybe older players like in their 40s, 50s look back and think, ah, oh, yeah, it was probably immature. But he's only 25 and he's already talking about how he was a Charlie at 18. And then there was a follow-up to that, Gary.
3: Kevin Russell. With Kevin Russell replied, one of the sweetest passers of football I've seen. Loved... The way and the and the pace he pinged the ball around the pitch. He was an excellent passer. Yeah, he really was. He had a ping on him, <clears throat> and uh, I think that's that drew from the
4: the Carrick comparisons before. Remember, and there was feedback to Neil O'Donoghue who got got a number of people actually uh, got in touch saying that they loved that interview. Uh, Kinger said he absolutely loved that Neil O'Donnell interview. He said I'm a big Cardinals fan, and he's a bit of a legend there. Great to get stories like this firsthand. Great interview. And Ryan McDyre as well. He thought that interview was was fantastic. So yeah, we'll recommend that one if you you haven't heard last week's show. It's just so left
3: field. It's just mm. brilliant. It really was. It was so random.
4: No, we weren't the first to have him on. He's he's done the rounds with this story. He's been on BBC, Guardian, Forty Two, Irish Times. So. But I don't think he's. I don't think it's been broken in the
3: League of Ireland circles. Maybe not. The Two dozen podcasts that exist within the, mm. the LOI series. Well, yeah, some
4: people weren't aware of the story. Um, and I did hone in on the robber stuff a bit more because I said that to him. I said, Yeah, I've read all the interviews you've done, and most of them are just sort of like one quick sentence Oh, he paid for robbers in the 70s. But I was like, No, I no more than that. Yeah, so Prof
3: Titty's hotline this week. This is um. One of the ones I enjoyed most in a long, long time. I love predictions. I sent saying you in the car over. Mm. I love predictions. I love thought-provoking discussions where everyone will be opinionated on this because it's got to do with team selections. It's got to do with who's going to score the most goals. Stuff like that is a brilliant, brilliant conversation starter. So we're going to go with the Tiftys hotline. Number one, what did you think of the Tiftys live show at the Civic Theatre in Talladeh? What was the highlight and is there anything we can improve upon? And who would you recommend for next year's show who wasn't
4: there? No, Then would you recommend next year's
1: show?
3: Oh, year, would you so? recommend next yeah. year's show for yeah. anyone who wasn't there? So um, yeah. Number two, did you enter last week's table quiz at the Mildren? Have you participated in previous years? And which players and staff were helpful or not so helpful to your team's
4: points tally? We'll be downstairs as we go along. Uh, I had Liam pause in the second half because we were playerless. In the first half, and uh, as I said in last week's show, yeah, you helped us with a couple of questions. Previous years, I had Sean Cabana. Um I'm actually struggling to remember who else I had. I actually don't. I think I've done three now in person, one online. So, who was the other player I had? What were
3: the venues before? I actually can't remember having a player at our table.
4: Well, I was always in the margin. I was in the margin. Yeah. yeah, so um, um, who
3: else got a bit of, <coughs> a bit of flack? Jack got. Plenty of praise Plenty mm-hmm. of play- praise We sure knew we could If you yeah. heard the podcast quiz Especially the football quiz. But just even as regards To interaction yeah. And sitting at a table With strangers get, He was brilliant Apparently So um, Who else Brad's was Horrific apparently Absolutely <laughs> terrible I think he got the We got the Rovers ones wrong As well So every time a <laughs> Rovers question Got asked People would look The Brad's They'd
4: be like what, yeah. what is
3: it And he'd be like Oh here we go
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I noticed that both kept picking on Brazza. It was like, like Do you know this? Yeah, yeah. And then when the, the Rovers' questions would come around, I would just write it down straight away. And then like Leon would be like, "Yep, that's why he's here." Yeah, yeah, yeah,
6: yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, number three, predict for this season the Rovers' top scorer I've gone Bork, Prof. Who have you gone? Top goal I'll I'll go with the easy prediction. I'll say Gaffney. Um,
3: um, highest assists. I'm gonna
4: go Fit Jack, if not Gaff. Yeah, but the thing is, Jack missed half of last season and he was still top yeah. in the league assists. So he got overtaken at the end, didn't he? It was yeah. Dale Rooney overtook him? Someone along those lines, yeah. he was top for ages. Highest assists.
3: But don't don't underestimate how many assists Gaffney gets as well with that cross-field ball that he has in his arsenal. So, yeah. uh, most yellow cards. Um, crash dummy Clark, <laughs> I'm going to go with.
4: Trevor yeah. Clark or Borky. Yeah, we got fairy dance to this one. I think people, it was like Burke, Gary O'Neill... Trevor Clark. I will say Gary O'Neill.
3: Gary O'Neill. Yeah. Uh, what would your stand 11B versus Dundalk? We'll do that at the end of the show. What will you be trying? It will you be trying at the New North stand for the game this season? Me and the prof took it in for the Prez Cup, and
4: yeah. it is very impressive. We'll talk about that in a moment. in our game review. Yeah, very I, impressive. I love the view, but yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm going to stay there because I I'm happy to where I am in the main stand, but. It was just a cracking view, just to try over the first game.
3: Uh, what's your favourite memory of an opening day game? I think I can't look past Tallaght Stadium, the first game against Ligo. Oh, Are you going to do this as well? I can't. I, I can't. I can't think about. Okay. Okay. Like,
4: you go ahead. I'll. I'll. I'll bring. I'll come back to this later. i
3: I'm, I'm. I think. I'm trying to think of opening games. I'm trying to think of the away ones as well, where we had a big mm. crowd. You know, but other than mm. that. It's the most memorable for me.
4: Anyone listening to this was about to send us a text, but this hold off. I'll address no. it. I'll address this at the oh end of the hotlines. No. Um, um, opening day memory hard to look past for me. Greener and Daily Um I really loved Waterford as well though. I, I missed that one, didn't I? I, I wasn't at yeah. that. One. I only went to Waterford. Recently. Ethan Boyle slash Oki late winner. Just the whole trip from start to finish was one of my favourites ever. And the score last minute winner was was cool. So I love that one. I like. In in previous years, like Crotty, Fendin, I can't think of a great like 2015 against Pat's probably the worst game of football I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no, that's not true. Away to Malden, that's the worst <sighs> game of football I've ever seen in my yes. life. Yes, Jesus, yeah. 2012 God, yeah. No, not really. Not really stand out from the from the bad years. Let's say six. Predict what teams will finish in the top
3: three and the bottom two. I said Rovers. Derry Pats Rovers Pats Derry
4: I'm just going to throw something out Just to be different So One of those where i look like a genius If I'm right in the end I'm going to say An all Dublin top 3 All Dublin. Rovers top three. Pats Shells
3: Shells surprise package I was thinking about On the way over Yeah. I was thinking about On the way over With the squad that they have I think the
4: last 2 I think Sligo possibly Could be there I'm getting Sligo vibes after. Do you know the way Sligo gradually improved Each season Yeah They were like 4th, 3rd, 2nd And they won a league cup In a cup I think Shells might be on that trajectory. Mm. It very much could be, yeah. Good gaffer. Well, assistant gaffer. Um,
3: Who will be the surprise package? I think maybe Drahada.
1: Maybe Drahada. They've
3: improved well. They haven't lost many. And they're gone full time, possibly now, maybe.
4: The heart says Galway. Um, But I don't actually know how good Galway are. They just won a first division. But promoted teams, I know some have. Done terribly like Longford, and some have just gone back down immediately easily. But if you look back over the last 10 15 years, a lot of the promoted teams have established themselves mid table straight away in the first season. So I don't I don't think all would be red kids, whether, whether there be a surprise package or not. Yeah, Drahada, your tip in Drahada.
3: Which manager yeah. will win the sack race? This has been the topic of debate. It's more so pressure wise as well. I think it's up there between. The two clubs mm. that have probably struggled to bolster their squad, which is going to be Sligo and and uh, Boss. Yeah, well, the bottom two, did you did you predict your bottom two there? I went um, with bottom two. I went Sligo, and I think overall, I put this down somewhere in the chat. I think Dundalk, I said we well, might be around mm. there, possibly.
4: I think Sligo on Waterford. I went. So in terms of the sack race, I think a few people are saying Russell is Sligo. I think the only way it wouldn't be Russell Sligo is if a big club have a horrendous start like a Dundalk or a Bowes, and O'Donnell and, and Devine are in trouble. Then they would ring the, win the sack race. Mm. Uh, will you be watching the Super
3: Bowl on Sunday? And what's your favourite sport to watch other than football? Yeah, I watch the Super Bowl. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant sport. And uh, I'm more of a...
4: If I was watching other sports, you're, you're or, a nerd, according to Ed Sol Now, I'm um,
3: yeah, yeah, I'll leave that to the nerds. Um, it's more so uh, I like the playoffs and the more important, like NBA is amazing when you get to the playoffs, Super Bowl, NFL, you know, glory hunter stuff. Like, it's I, I watch anything like that. Um, other than that, it's just football because there's enough football in the world to keep you to keep you happy. Like, there's so many good leagues out there and so much good coverage, but yeah, I wouldn't I think, really. I, I'm not, I think if, if I was to shit all over another sport, I don't think. Think rugby, it has to be rugby um, for Tommy Tormian and, <laughs> and Bill, Bill Rugger and Bill Gleason alone. I think it's time to kind of shit all over the rugby fan base. <laughs> um,
4: yeah, I think I, I said my opinion last week in American football. I think I've watched some of one Super Bowl ever. Um, other sports, I've had I'm a bit weird in that I don't watch other sports a whole lot. I've had spells where I watched UFC regularly for years I had spells where I watched tennis regularly for years in terms of another sport that I could sit down and watch it would probably be darts
3: darts absolutely yeah actually we'd actually sit down the whole family would watch the darts um, what is pissing you off lately can it be football or non football Maya answered this one she said the blue card she thinks it's stupid that
4: got a couple of mentions yeah
3: and when your Lego falls off the table <laughs> which uh,
4: happened and all you can hear is you know what ah! Do you know what? I'm going to back her up on that. Same problem for me. When the, <laughs> when the Lego falls, that is just pissing me off. Lately. I'm
3: going to say firemen um, putting Guinness in a different glass and actually having the
4: nerve to give it to you. Slow service in pubs is one that is what's our phrase? Grinding my gears. Grinding ge- my and it, it
3: can be remedied. Like if if you could see that, it's it can be yeah. better. Yeah,
4: uh, definitely agree
3: with that. Um, I think. Football wise this, this whole sin bin thing is insane. The I, fact that they're even talking about it being introduced is is,
4: a, well, is hilarious. You've heard my bias towards other sports, but do we need to borrow from other sports? It's football. It's been fine for over 100 know. years. Do we need to have sin bins? Leave it. It's done.
3: Yeah, so what's pissing me off again, Prof? I think right wing Twitter trolls. Twitter trolls? Twitter trolls. Twitter trolls. Anonymous ones as well. That's frustrating me. Yeah,
4: I think we know why you're bringing that up.
3: Yeah, there was a bit of a kerfuffle, you could say. Um yeah, I think little things like that. The Lego
4: one was a good show for my Not either. just trolls, but trolls from other countries, manufactured trolls. Yeah. Not even actual it's not even Irish people in their keyboard wires at home. It's not even real. It's like jackasses from America.
3: I think it's AI. I think it's, it could be AI. Like, you don't underestimate AI. It's taken over. What was, I was trying to explain to Moya about the AI situation with James Lowe. Didn't James Lowe get a song written for us or a giraffe? What was the giraffe thing? Oh, uh,
4: wasn't a Jeffrey the giraffe. Jeffrey the
3: giraffe. I was yeah. trying to explain it to Moya and she was like, so robots can think now. And I was like, yeah. She's like, so they can take over. I was like, well, Well, not maybe not so much. She goes, but they
4: can think. That means they can have their own thoughts. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a nine-year-old to break it down for me. Maya would have shut down Skye straight away. She'd have been having none of that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so Valentine's Day section. What is the
3: most romantic thing you've ever done or ever done for you? I shall not reveal my secrets
4: on Airprof. I, uh... Flares. I'm quite the romantic Quite the romantic Chivalry is not dead at Tifties Let's just say Chivalry is not dead prof But um, Yeah In general Out of our nine colours Of the hotline uh, The vast majority Absolute cowards Most of them skip this question Or they're just not romantic So Yeah More than even answer the question here.
3: Shocking stuff Loveless Loveless yeah. on, on the Tifties hotline Yeah cowards prof So uh, But why Why are they cowards Prof Why are they cowards What's the ro- most romantic thing you have done. Oh, I'm not telling you. <laughs>
4: no one no one wants to say it. They're they're afraid of love. Um if anyone wants to ask me uh in person, I will tell you. I'm just not I, saying over the show. Next year's Tifty's live show. Does it involve the prof in wearing January. a silky negligee? Ask me in general <laughs> That's <laughs> Only the
3: weekends. What's that bit in Father Ted where he has a picture of himself? Um, one of the priests—he's showing someone photos of him, and he's in like lingerie or something. <laughs> I can't remember. I'm probably getting it wrong. So, um, Ed Saul's go-to karaoke song is "Love Is in the Air" at any time of the year. What is yours? And you have to get up on stage for it. now. Um, any Rover song is great for me. I'll do "Love Is in the Air," same as Ed, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love
4: how excited Ed, Ed gets. When he has to read this out He's like I love this question He he was so happy When I said the questions It was like yes A question dele- In honour of Ed Sol. Yeah I was expecting him To um, just belt out A couple of songs Ooh I actually didn't Prepare this question Because I might have I might have two or three So let me think about this one
3: mm. Um, I think yeah the most Mostly Rovers ones And feel good songs You know mm-hmm. um, Yes so Prof here's part one Our first five callers We've Aaron Green Jimbo Lawless Sean Condren Jay Godwin the famous Phelan Warren Hotline Hey, Carl and Gary
7: It's Aaron Green here I was just wondering What took you so long to ask me To come on the hotline But here we'll have a conversation About that in due course Don't need messing lads <laughs> Hope he's not keeping well What did I think of the Tifties live show At the Civic Theatre in Talley Um. Well I was on it so it's a bit of a strange one for me answering but in terms of the first half because I sat at the back with Philip McGuire I thought it was brilliant even sitting at the back just the visual aspect of it was brilliant the the screen, the flags, the lighting, everything questions, the interaction, the stories absolutely fantastic and uh, I think he's done a hell of a job lads and you deserve all the credit what was the highlight in your opinion? For me it was Ozzy Knight. Brilliant when he got up and he was afraid to say what he said about me and Bran, which is brilliant. Um and I think he apologised about a hundred times at the end of the show, but no, it was really that was really funny, so it was a good laugh. Is there anything we could improve on? I don't think it's good, lads, to be to be quite honest. Um maybe no, I don't think so. But I recommend it. Uh, what I recommend next year to anyone who wasn't there 100% old. I'll be there and support you. Um, I didn't realise the amount of preparation that went into it to be quite honest me and John were the two guests Um, I think I shot about six or half six because I was playing a, a first pre-season game and um, it actually blew me away Um, the amount of efforts of course that went into it but we just had to show up and you just had to do everything so um, as I say all all the credit goes to you guys and everyone else who played a part in that was it oh, um, was it last week's quiz in the Muldron yeah all the players were there of course my team's name was Abo Verde for the Abberley and Pico with Cape Verde Um, our team finished I think joint 4th and um, I was on. There was four lads on me team. All sound lads actually had a good bit, be- good a uh, good laugh at them. Went up and actually got them the food. They sat down. We actually went up and got them the finger food. So, um, and did I contribute? Yeah, definitely did. I was. I think it was the only one of the only two people in the room to get the darts question right. And I think Jack Bourne's still going mad about that. So. <laughs> Question three, which Rovers player will be shown the most yellow cards this season? That will be Trevor Clark, 100%. 100%. And predict who will be a surprise package in the league this season? Uh, of
1: course,
7: I'm not going to answer that one. <laughs> will your friends or family be trying out the new North Stand for a game this season? Well, my son and daughter will be in the south stand because they love the south stand and my wife and my youngest daughter will be in the main stand so we can't see them unless my youngest daughter wants to but I don't think she would she's too young for it What is your favourite memory of an opening day game? Um, 2020 lads the game in Daily Mills not only because I scored in it, but um, just to win their opening day the conditions Brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and um, I think all the fans went home happy on a horrible day. So that's always nice. Will you be watching the Super Bowl on Sunday? And what is your favourite sport to watch other than football? I will be watching the Super Bowl. Um, I'm a big American football fan. I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, I'll give you actually, lads. I'll give you a prediction for the Super Bowl. I'm gonna go. The Chiefs will beat the Forty ers Twenty four twenty-three. So there you have it. And lads, you can tell that it's not I haven't said this on the Tuesday now. I've sent you this in on the Sunday. What other sports do I like to watch? Um of course American football darts. Of course I think Luke Littler's grabbed everyone, really. I did like Darts before, but I think Luke Littler's kinda grabbed everyone back into darts, which is brilliant. Golf, um, golf also what else that's really yeah I think lads what is pissing you off lately Um, what took you so long to give me an invite onto this Um, that would be one number two would be when you go into a place and you're having um, just say like a cafe and you order a sandwich and you're like oh, do you want a coffee yeah can I get that coffee in a takeaway cup because I don't like the cups yeah that's no problem But you give it to me in the bleeding cup. That pisses me off. To be quite honest. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Valentine's. uh, What's the most romantic thing you've ever done. Or ever. Ever done for you. Um, Jesus. I took the wife to the cinema last night. Went to see the Iron (laughs) Claw. Got married. Is that one? (laughs) Uh, I have I just can't think think of any To be quite honest What would be your Get up on stage song For me it would be Robbie Williams' Angels And true with all She offers me protection A lot of love and affection Whether I'm right or wrong Down the waterfall Wherever it may take me See you, go lads they even sang for yous. Good night and God bless See you, in and Friday
8: Who on the hoops Good afternoon Hi, lads And thank you for begging me to come on And doing this Thing here that's uh, Asked me about 20 questions here Jimbo here uh, What did I think of the 50's live show At the Civic Theatre Yeah Started off a bit fucking crazy to be fair. Hooper Man came out as Winston. Or well, Winston came out as Hooper Man, whatever you want to say it. And it was obviously pre recorded because he was walking around with a microphone. I'm not saying nothing in it. But sure, look, the poor old prof was uh, showing himself behind the corners trying to get it fixed. Then he came on and pretended to be someone else that he wasn't, with a moustache and a beard. He the prof. Uh, what was your highlight? Um, what was my highlight? Highlight a bit of theater at the end there, a bit of acting. I would say there's a bit of a star role Waiting for a uh, Prof fella in the first city I'd say. There's um, there anything we can improve on. I'm sure there's loads maybe get a few people in to play on the seats there would be great and uh, would you recommend next year's show to anyone who wasn't there yeah would you Would recommend it, it's a bit of crack looking at the lads make ticks of themselves did I enter last week's table quiz at the modern, no eh uh, or have you participated in previous years? No. So let's just leave it at that. Uh, predictions for this year's. Rover's team. Top gold scorer. I would say. The Dara of the Bourne's. The highest assist. For me would be between. The. Uh, the Rory Gaffney. And the Jack Bourne. And the most yellows will be between the Grainbrook and the Trevor Clark. Um, what would be your starting eleven for Dundocks next week for Dundalk next week? Oh It's a hard choice to pick between one or twelve midfielders. It's it's a tough one. Right, we go with the German goal. Leon Poole. Poole's. So going with Cabo on the left, Cruz on the right. We go with DL Hurrihan. We go with Lee. And we will go with Sean Hoare. Gary O'Neill. Poom. Graham Book, Tara Burns, and Murray Gaffney. I'm missing a few there, maybe. Um, bench be full of midfielders and defenders. Right, um, so predict who my top three are. It's going to be Rovers, Derry. No, Rovers, Pats, and Derry and Slogos getting relegated this year, so I did that today along with Derry, no sorry along with fucking Um. um me surprise package strike it I came from that loan with the daughter Franks Franks potier if that's really how you pronounce it Um. I'm sure the spoofer. Parsons there will tell me I'm wrong there when I'm pronouncing that. Um, Which manager will win the sack race? Going to be Stevie O'Donnell, 100%. Will he be watching the Super Bowl on Sunday? And what is your favourite sport to watch? No. I won't be watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. It's the biggest lot of bollocks. That thing is. Like, what the fuck even is it? No one even talks about the result and who won or yay yay this is fucking great load of bollocks and they'll only be talking about the halftime show whoever's singing in the fucking thing yeah what is pissing you off lately the blue card the blue card that they're gonna come up with that's the biggest load of bollocks as well now ruining football fucking ruining football what else Price of cars and my biggest hate at the moment um aim and run What a bleeding spastic that fell is Valentine's Day Valentine's Day section What's the most romantic thing you've ever done? Dunno What oh. no. Not passing that section. Um, they'll go to karaoke song. Ooh, it would have to be Sweet Caroline. And I did say, a great song to get the old crowd going, Mambo Number Five. So clap your hands once, and so clap your hands twice. Um, that's all. That's that's all that's 6 minutes of something will never get back so uh, thanks again lads be talking to you soon hopefully not too soon don't be sending me a bleeding list of questions that long will you please um, as they say on the 50s hotline keep on hoping, and we'll be seeing you Oh, missed one actually, didn't I? Will it be going to the North Stand? Absolutely not going to the North Stand this time of year. It'd be fucking freezing. The wind and rain coming from the mountain. Absolutely no chance. Catches in the West Stand, where all the know it are. Get up out of
9: that. Get up How's going, Prof? Sean Condren here, sharing his waffling for the second time on the Tifties Hotline. Um, I was at the live show in Tala, a uh, very enjoyable evening. Um, only recommendation I'd have is I'd love to see a bit more of Gareth Brennan's Happy Monday impression, dancing around the stage like Bez. Um, quiz, yep, first time doing it this year with the P.O.R. youth attendance, um, with Dara Burns on the team. think he'll be the first to me. He wasn't that helpful. Um, lovely fellow, though, so we had a good little night. Um, prediction for the season, top goal scorer, I'll go with Burke, highest assist, Burn, most yellow cards, just because of the position he plays in, I'll go with Gary O'Neill. Uh, starting start 11 for next week, I'm going to base it on the assumption that only players that were involved in the President's Cup are available. So I'll go with Poles, Cleary, Hawke, Grace, Clark, Farrugia, O'Neill, Pilm, uh, Noonan, who I don't think he can drop, despite it only being a friendly last week. He, he did play quite well, so I keep him in there. And then Burns and Gaffney. Uh, predictions of the season, I still think we'll win the league. Um, I can't see anyone catching us. I think our nearest challengers will be Derry. Um, I think path have too many new players. They're going to need a bit of time to gel, so I think they'll be in third. Bottom two, I'll go with Galway and Sligo. Um, surprise package, I'm going to go with Galway just being shy. Um, But I still think they'll get a playoffs. spot. I think people seem to think they have this, just because they got promoted and did quite well in a very poor first division, that they're going to be really good. They're not. Um, Sack race, I'll go with John Russell. Again, I think Sligo will be shy. Good luck anyway. Um, opening day memories, I, I'm not going to go with the obvious, which I think is Green scoring the last-minute winner in Daily Mount. I'll go with 2015, where I remember being incredibly excited when we beat Pats 1-0 and Danny North scored, thinking he was going to be the new saviour. Um, he wasn't. We were shy. Um, North stand, yep, hopefully he'll get to, to try a game out there. Probably should have did it last week, but but didn't even think of it, to be honest. Super Bowl, Um, actually recorded the morning after, but no, didn't watch it, load of shy. Um, Although my follow-up answer for favourite sport to watch probably isn't going to uh, make me so popular as Super Bowl fans. Um, I'm actually quite a big cricket fan, enjoy watching test match cricket. So, yep, there you go. Um, things that are pissing me off at the moment, I think anyone that knows me knows that an awful lot pisses me off. Um, but I'll stick with the team on your next question, the Valentine's Day question. Valentine's Day, that's a load of bollocks and um, karaoke only time i can remember doing karaoke was actually singing loves in the air the night after the cup final and um, back in the ih i think if there was a few of the por up singing that night so maybe it's a ring zen thing about that song i don't know i blame paddy hoops.
2: all right lads jay Godwin here um i thought the live show was great everyone presented themselves real well and um, it was it was a great bit of crack the questions you asked during the interviews were spot on as well and um, to hear all the details of how uh the past and present got to the four in a row was great enjoyed every minute of it and um, the highlight of the show for me was uh greener's interview telling us the ins and outs of how he made it to the four in a row even though they struggled at the start of the season of how they pushed through it and got to the next step and um, I would definitely recommend the next show to anyone who wasn't there. It was great to have a little Rovers night out before the season started and talk to a few Rovers fans after to see uh, how the new season was going to go ahead. And um, I think top goal scorer for me this season would be Graham Burke. Um He put in a few good goals last season, so hopefully he can do it again for us. Uh, the highest assist would probably be Jack Bourne. Hopefully, he stays fifth this season. He can keep playing his games. Because once you have him, he's great. And uh, probably most yellows, to Lee Grace or Pico, maybe. Um, my starting 11 for um, Dundalk would probably be Pauls, Clery, Cleary, um, Pico, Grace, Clark, Pilm, um MacNeff, Bourne, and then up front, maybe... Gaffney and Grian. Uh Hopefully we can start the this season this season off right and start it with a win. Um, yeah, I'll probably watch maybe one or two games this season from the North stand. From all the pictures I've seen, the stand looks amazing. Um, it looks like a lot of effort went into it and it'd be great to see when the shop and everything is in it. Yeah, so probably see maybe one or two games out of stand, and um I think the top three teams uh, next season will be the will be Rovers, Derry and Pats and the bottom two will probably be Galway and Waterford and I think Bowes manager Devine will be the first manager to win the race to be sacked. He's not doing the best job at Bowes right now. Um uh, the Bows fans aren't really agreeing with them either, so I can't see I'm staying that much longer. Um, I'll probably give the Super Bowl a watch. I I don't really keep up with American football, but since the Super Bowl is a big deal, I probably just might give it a watch. And the other sports, I only watch darts other than football. Mostly football, though. And um, my go-to karaoke song would probably be She's Electric by Oasis or maybe a bit of Hey There The Loyle. it's the easiest songs to go for and they always are bangers when you sing them but uh, nice one lads cheers
6: Hi everybody more in here thanks lads for uh, including me in the hotline for this episode um, I'll get through these as best I can as quickly as I can uh, the Tifty's live show yeah thoroughly enjoyed the live show lads uh, it was great to see some old faces again I shouldn't say old faces because I hadn't only seen her for a few months but it was great to see Rover's friends again obviously uh, after the off season and it did meant that the season was getting closer again middle of January so um, yeah it was brilliant to see everyone um, it was a great show thoroughly enjoyable as I said and uh, it being so local for me as well um, I was only three stops on the loose uh, living in Bellegarde it's very handy for me um, yeah didn't need the car Um so it was, it was win-win for everyone, and I thought the show was a great idea. So yeah, brilliant, brilliant, uh, brilliant live show. Uh, my highlight of it was uh, Greener. Love John Cody's chat, and you know, loved the format of the show. But listening to Greener, um, as we listened to him before on, on in the episode he appeared on the podcast, he's just gives such a brilliant insight into the into this era of success, uh, his own career. You know, his second time around. Um, real eye opener uh, when he was with us the first time into the dressing room and how toxic it was and how it's completely the opposite this time around. Um, I could listen to Greener's you know uh, insights into the into the team and the club all night. It was just brilliant. Um wasn't long enough. Uh, I love all that them kind of interviews. You know the ones similar ones, but with with, um, with Stephen Bradley on the the podcast and and Glenn last week. Uh, I love all that kind of stuff. As you know, as an ex-player, as a as an avid fan, as a, an ex-manager myself, that stuff really interests me. And I, it was brilliant. Um, so the, any any of the chat with Aaron Green, I thought was just outstanding. Um, and that could be improved. I thought the finale, while it was a good idea, and I was singing along, you know, the the Mister Shane song, which was funny. I thought it maybe put Greener in a slightly awkward position. Now I know he wasn't singing singing the words of it. Um, but I just thought he looked a little bit uncomfortable at it, especially if someone was taking it on the phone and it might have got out. Um, he'd had the usual fucking nonsense about a player singing, you know, a derogatory song about an opponent. So I just thought that slightly put Aaron in a in, a, in an awkward position. Maybe I am wrong, but that was just the feeling I got from it. Um, but other than that, you know, I thought the song was funny and the, the routine was funny. Um, it was it was really good. But that I just thought that was a little bit awkward for for Aaron. Um, and would I recommend it for next year absolutely definitely would recommend it to anyone who wasn't there Um, the quiz I wasn't able to go to the the recent quiz uh, for health reasons um, which are getting better thank God Um, though I'd love to have gone and it looked like a great night especially the especially the uh, discussion between Martin and Jack I heard about that Uh, it sounded hilarious I hope to go in the in the future. Um, the only one I was at previously was Jordan Covid when there was an online quiz, um, and it was a pain in the hoop. But fucking Covid was a pain in the hoop for everyone. Um, but yeah, I hope to I hope to attend future ones, lads. Yeah, top score or forecast. Um, I think Berkey again will will uh, will do his stuff. Um, I think Johnny Kenny might run him closer this year. I think as well. I think we'll see a lot more of, of Johnny this year, but I think it'll be Burkey. Assists. Uh, once he stays fit, there will be no one to touch Jack for assists. He'd be head and shoulders above anyone. Uh, yellow cards. I was gonna say Burkey but I think Burkey's discipline has really improved over the last few years. Um I think Trevor has a a likelihood of many bookings given his committed swashbuckling style. Um and he's not called Crash Dummy for nothing by by his teammates. So yeah, um Trevor for me. Uh, starting 11 for a Dundalk game obviously if everyone's 100% fit uh, Leon and goal clearly Pico and Grace back three Ferrugia and Trevor wing backs uh, Gary O'Neill, Aaron Mack in the middle of the midfield and Jack Burkey and Gaffney I think that's a fucking awesome 11 if they're all fit and, and ready to go uh, the North Stand. I probably won't take in a game, given what I do on match days at home in the West End, in in my in my audio descriptive commentary uh, gig with the visually impaired fans. Um, but if there was a night that none of them were were attending, I might look to 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 give it a go. All right, it looks fantastic, and uh, I hope to to get get there at some stage, but unlikely. Uh, my opening day game, favorite game it has been so many down the years, and I am as old, must remember Milltown as he's you now. Um, I think Bose 2020, even though I wasn't there, um, I was looking forward to seeing it on the telly. And then, of course, RTE pulled the plug on us because of the weather, and I listened to the game on the radio, and I was fucking jumping around the kitchen when when Greener scored. Um, so probably, probably that one. Top three, uh, Rovers, Pats and Derry. Um, can't see that changing. Bottom two, Waterford and both just because I hope they finish in the bottom two <laughs> um, surprise package I think shells if Duff takes takes the shackles off that team I think they could go well if the negativity is, uh, is, it abates a bit uh, sack race, Steve O'Donnell I think his ridiculous style of management in the dugout uh, will catch up with him I think players lose respect for that kind of nonsense so Steve O'Donnell for me Super Bowl, zero interest, none at all Um, my other sport that I would like to watch is uh, Australian Rugby League, curiously enough, when my brother lived in Queensland for all those years and I was out there, I got into Australian Rugby League, especially the the State of Origin, Queensland versus New South Wales series, Uh, they played three matches against each other, so I love Australian Rugby League. What's pissing me off? Uh, VAR, end of. Thank God it's not coming in uh, to League of Ireland. Fucking hate VAR. Really pisses me off. Valentine's Day, um most romantic thing I did was probably um, one of the most stupid things I probably did as well uh, was giving my ex an engagement ring (laughs) hindsight eh Um, for me romantic things done for me probably a payback for giving her the engagement ring all those years ago (laughs) keep it clean Um, and my karaoke song uh, I love Glenn Campbell so Rhinestone Cowboy usually is uh, my go to song if I'm at a karaoke alright folks keep on hooping good luck for the season see you soon
3: so, uh Greener, I am definitely getting this fella up at our next little outing for an Angel's airing. Very good.
4: Good voice. He has
3: a voice, yeah. I'm pretty I pretty think pretty uh, cool.
4: there may be, there was one musical number in our live show, the Civic Theatre, this year. There might be might be a few next year, so mm-hmm. we could use his singing ability. Absolutely, He says yeah. he's going to be there. Jimbo Lawless, um,
3: um, this man keeps me honest every day of the week. He's the most negative person I've ever met in my life. And I think he just does it to annoy me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd I'd say, how do you think the show was? goes, shy. Absolutely shy. What was he doing with that stuff on his face? Who was he dressed as? What were you doing? What was that? And I was just like, oh, my God. He just beats me into submission. Into submission. Sean Condren, staff's cousin, of course, as uh, entertaining as ever. Um. Jay Godwin and Phelan.
4: So thank you to
3: all of our callers.
4: Yeah, Greener with his prediction for the Chiefs to beat the 49ers, not the 69ers, as the RTU website called them. (laughs) He said 24-23, and and they won 25-24. Very close. I'm a bit um, Sean Condren, cricket enthusiast. Um, Cricket is a good sport. Former cricket
3: umpire. Former cricket umpire. Um, We're still looking at a Tifties day out in Malahide. We're Mm -hmm. definitely going to look into that because it's a bit of crack. Mm as Aussie yeah. Nate says just fucking drinking in the sun all day <laughs> which it probably isn't the case in Malahide. it is in Australia <laughs> but
4: just you mentioned Aussie Nate now just makes you think
1: back <laughs> to the live
4: show and I just start laughing
1: I love the way um, he just
4: commandeered the stage and just kind of got up and he was no, I think my favourite part is the way he just he looked broken and he dragged the chair in the middle of the stage and just sat down like right come on let's do it yeah let's do this let's um, get it done we did tweak Greener's questions a little bit you might have noticed that kind of had to because he's a a current player um don't know if they could be answering some of those questions um in terms of fedham's point about how he seemed awkward at the live show um i didn't think so and greener was at the rehearsal an hour beforehand and didn't raise any objections it was essentially just holding up a bob marley pendant and we talked to him after and Seem cool with so, us uh, all. that I'm aware of, Adam. I don't. I don't think Greener had too much of a problem. with I'm looking for the smoke. Yeah. Um, so it's, Pat's this man prof, did a raise a corner flag in Denny Mount. That's what oh, first thing I thought of. Yeah. I was like, it's like thousands of people here, and he's raised the flag or he's raised the jersey mm. on a flag. Um, I, have, I have a question though. Uh, what's your question? Who prof? won the shed shearing tickets that was on the civic Saturday? And shearing. I think it was on <laughs> it was the last weekend. It was and, on Saturday. And uh, did they enjoy it? It was
3: Shannon it was Penny and it was Jay Mangan and Gary O'Neill. So I don't know if it was a double mm. date or not, but I think they did go. I think they did go. But Shed Sheeran, yeah, in the Civic.
4: <laughs> I think someone at work was asking me, yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, did you have prizes and all for the the quiz? And I called out a few things. And I said, first I said Ed Sheeran. And they're like, oh yeah, no way, Ed Sheeran ticks And I said, well, Shed Sheeran. <coughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> looks a bit like him sounds yeah. a little bit like
4: him um, so Pats Prof 3-0 in Tala
3: 3-1 sorry and the Prez Cup and the league champions against the Cup winners Mickey D was there the Prez um, friend of Tifties and a real real occasion um, pre-f- no pre-season friendly vibes which normally can be the case mm. with the President's Cup but it I really did
4: not feel like a friend <laughs>
3: I really, really enjoyed this. Um, we took in the North sand Prof. Tell us about you. I, was, I yeah. went up the, all the way up to the back on Porbus.
4: Um, I wasn't at the very back, it was a few rows down, but still pretty high up. And the view is, is tremendous. I took a photograph, and I love Barney in the chat. Like, I put in a picture from my, my uh, viewpoint. Uh, I think you put one in, the Garbrand Brandon, and Nate were in there as well. All the photos were unbelievable. So the lads just threw in photos, and Barney just went back later on, and just quoted all of them, and was just like, wow, yeah. beautiful, and Barney at one stage, just goes, I can't believe that's their stadium, like he, you know the aerial one, where yeah. it shows the forest and, the it, drone, I think it was at night time, it's like, I can't believe that's their stadium, yeah. it, was um, it was even the climbing of the steps, felt kind of, it felt kind of cool,
3: isn't yeah. it, you're, you're going up, and you're like, oh it shouldn't be this high, I felt Is like I was high? in
4: Europe, like uh, mm. AIK Sweden, or something, just, like a, it's absolutely a, loved we it. We have a proper far sided stadium. It's just like it's nearly the size of Barnet. It's pretty much the size of Barnet, give or take.
3: Yeah. maybe a thousand or, or a thousand and a half. And um, we were mm-hmm. there. There was quite the smorgasbord mm-hmm. of hoops. We had the Borough Boys were there. Bill Gleeson, the McConvals, we mm-hmm. Aussie Nate, Deco Gar Brennan, real real smorgasbord of uh, personalities. Is this your new buzzword now? I was. Um, I was, and were. I got attacked in the north stand because Clark for the tour goal dragged it out left, and I goes, "Oh, wrong fucking way, Clark!" And then he buried it. <laughs> Proceeded to be attacked by half the stand. <laughs> um, so
4: Only, wrong, wrong way, Clark, as he has now been yeah. christened. Only five hundred people in there because it was something of a a soft launch of the north stand. It was a trial run, basically. So things are looking a bit bare in behind the stadium. Like we're still lots of things to be be done there like the program setter came in um so like there's all sorts of things we can do there we can have a program stand we're gonna have food and all that but as a first time uh i i absolutely loved it the um colin campbell brother of former striker alan campbell he made he did something really cool on facebook he had an animation of all the photos that he's been taken of the progress of the north stand and it looks like he's taken it from the main stand maybe halfway down somewhere. And he just kept taking photos over and over again over the course of a couple of years and you just see the little bits of progress and the the seats coming, not the seats but you know like the all the structures coming in and the seats coming in and all that. Like um that T V show How It's Made.
3: Yeah. I think they I think all construction companies do that. So they probably have a camera mounted for whatever yeah. reason. So there is one on to, YouTube with the
4: cell stand, exactly that. You can see sped up footage. Yeah. Pretty cool.
3: Um, um near sell out prof. Pat's two thousand three hundred the whole east stand. And this was a topic of debate. I felt it was the right call. We've got eight thousand seats of our own to fill. Yeah. will be eight thousand eventually when we do get the north stand up and running properly. But just back on the north stand as well, how cool did you was the walk up to it? The winding stairs that goes up. That's what I'm saying. Even the walk felt cool. And then you go up and you have the mezzanines that are gonna sell whatever it is eventually. It's just the whole thing was brilliant and like I said I think it was a good thing to give Pats 2,300 because it is a final and I know it was our our stadium but it it kind it, of it makes an example of what is potentially could happen with better infrastructure that exists within the league and allocations were a topic of discussion as well I think Galway gave Pats Pats are in Galway first away game of the season mm-hmm. like 4.50 and that sold out within, sec- within within minutes. Yeah. So that's the type of thing that you need to kind of really pinpoint and hammer home is the fact that infrastructure needs to improve. Sligo sold out their
4: are four fifty four daily mount. So this is it's huge. It's not just balls it's this season that we're Everyone. gonna that we're gonna like there's gonna be a rush for tickets. It's gonna be Sligo away. It's gonna be Galway. Derry. There was a tweet that went up there the other day saying that we could only be given seven. 75 to 100 because of the development going on in the away end well that's a whole other ball game only 75 but yeah all our away trips we could be uh, could be a mad rush to get the tickets um, yeah no I agree with you on that um, no other club is going to bring 2300 like balls aren't going to bring that much Dundalk aren't going to bring anywhere near that on Friday
3: as an experiment you'd yeah. like to see what would be the case though wouldn't you you'd like to see if they could like, if we mm. got given 2,000 tickets in Daily Mount, you'd yeah. imagine you'd sell it out. You'd like to think you'd sell out the allocation. Maybe. I'd like to
4: think so. Um, Like, what is Dundalk's allocation on Friday? God. Well, they'll easily get... They have to get 10% minimum, so it's going to be mm. minimum 800. 10% minimum, but uh, that doesn't seem to be applying for the new well.
3: No. Um, yeah, but that's that's from... that's. Unconfirmed sources, so we don't really mm. know about that yet. But it's uh, with yeah, they definitely get minimum 800. Where do they bring 800 or not, Doc? first yeah. game of the season, I, I'm not
4: sure. So but. big, big pass crowd and big support there. Some only there to abuse Richie Towell, apparently, yeah, even though he wasn't fit. <laughs> so, yeah, for essentially a glorified pre season friendly, an incredible crowd, and Brilliant. I just, just the interest in the league at the moment is, I was only saying that to the, we've we've recorded our 80s part two there, the other day, so we had Jim and Jason in here, and I was like, when we started the show in 2017, I honestly didn't think this was going to happen, where we'd be turning fans away at the gates, I actually did not think that interest levels would rise to that point, I
3: think a lot of clubs have to take credit as well, for their own operations and how they've made that a little bit more professional as well, because there's a couple of obviously, there's a couple of teams that are kind of in the that are lagging behind infrastructure and stadium wise, but everybody seems to be able to run their club professionally and get to a certain level, so that's mm.
4: th- that's helping out as well, obviously. And yeah, the clubs can only do so much, though, where until they're let down by their own outdated infrastructure. Um, there was a big article in the Times there which we'll read later on but yeah in terms of the game, well first of all um, I mentioned James Maloney there a second ago he said he remembers President's Cup crowds when he says President's Cups he means the Leinster FA version which was League Champions versus Cup winners except the two had to be from Leinster so if like if neither of them won a trophy it would just be like the next best lancer teams but he's he remembers crowds of 800 for presents cups we now have crowds 10 times what we had in the 80s for super cup games it's crazy isn't
3: it and a big shout out as well to the ticket office who um ultimately decided on this and whoever else involved decided on this cheap option to kind of promote the league and have a, have a decent turnout. I think it all it all boils down to the the cheaper ticket as well, and and the good advertisement. So the team anyway, Prof. Polls, Honahan, Hor, Cleary, Green, Kavanaugh, Nugent, Poon, Burns, Ferrugia, Noonan. So I have been having a heated debate with Amo Mac, who's just back from the states. He's still getting used to the Irish way of life. Um. He's, he's still struggling to drive the car on the right side and park he and do everything gone since 2009 wasn't he That's so a long ill stint I'm, now you might help with this one actually I'm determined that Greener has never started a left wing back under Bradley
4: yes I remember interviewing Bradley started too. started yeah and he said I was moving the goal post no it was, it was. we're going to fall out here It was in the middle of the season and I used to do pre-match interviews then and I got the team sheet and there was no obvious left wing back on the sheet. And before we started the interview I said to Gar I said to Brazzer, I said, Is Green our left wing back? And he goes and he goes, Oh yeah, yeah, well spotted and I was just <sighs> like I was like, Well, process of elimination. I'm already imagining the phone call now from Amo. Thanks, Professor. Yeah. Kids are crying. No, I remember that. I think it was only maybe one
3: stone that season. Um yes, so we have that was our starting lineup, um young Noonan. So we had Honaghan, hor and Cleary. You you got porns yeah so um Cabo Ferugia yeah so interesting to see Hamann yeah. play at the centre
4: of defence yeah yeah well Grace come on at half time big lump par- of a man isn't part- it? um you called this in fairness you didn't think we would go full strength no Pats did go full strength they had debuts for Pitaluga their Brazilian goalkeeper on loan and Keating up front so they were full strength but haven't seen Colin Noon's performance. You'll hear the hotline. A lot of people actually have picked him in their 11 against Oh on the back of this performance. I think
3: I might exclude myself from starting 11 this week because it's so tough. Um, we Squad numbers, Prof. Number two for Honaghan. So a, a very famous jersey. We've
4: had, who was our alumni here? It was, it was Sean Gannon for a while. Sean Gannon, Madden was two, wasn't he? Madden was actually 17. 17 was <laughs>
3: Sully. Sully number two
4: he probably would have been yeah. yeah
3: so um yeah so definitely i mean our squad numbers an indication of your 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 status in the team uh, mcanev takes finners number 8 Bourne's 21 and stacy 25 so the first half prof um I, f- I felt like we were just knocking it around really well like we were playing mm. good football
4: For you, you looked very dangerous fluent is the word i'd use um in terms of chances best chance felt the burns actually really well worked move with Poom and Nugent down the left set of burns but you shot over other than that it was just uh, Sean Cabner free kick which hit it well enough but uh, down low but keeper got behind it
3: yeah I think to kind of sum it up um, the first uh, package I saw for highlights was 10 minutes long and I think the first half was about a minute and a half so, it kind of yeah. sums up the first half. on it? the
4: second half, yeah. So, five halftime subs.
3: Five halftime subs. O'Neill, Gaffney, Watts, Clark and Grace coming on. How about that for a power bench prof?
4: And We 55
3: minutes. Trevor Clark, 1-0 with some superb work. I, I don't know how Conor Noonan did this because he was... He doesn't look, does ...torn he? slightly. He doesn't look. I think he just expected the runner. And I think that's 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 the beauty of a good midfielder that they know the runs that their wing backs or their wingers are going to make and they just take a chance on it but that pass was outrageous. It's outrageous. As, it's
4: as good as and considering Jack especially in the early parts of the season Jack hit some outrageous passes it's as good as any pass you, you'll have seen all of last year.
3: I think it's up there with those two passes me and you were talking
4: about on WhatsApp the other day. The Ruiz one for Oh yeah. The Ruiz one for Villa much, which and the Inter one. Yeah. I've watched it back I've watched back a few times now and I'm just I just keep looking at his where his eyes are and it looks like he's still in the middle of kind of winning the ball and next thing he's just playing the perfect ball with the perfect weight and it. And Trevor still has a bit to do and he buries this with his left foot in the far corner.
3: Absolutely yeah. Super. And do you know what? I personally I felt Pidaluga was a little bit quick to go down. Cause he was already on mm. his way down and Trevor just placed it above him. So lovely and smart thinking from Trev but Trev what I think maybe a little bit quick to go down for Pittaluga. And then seven minutes later, Prof, we had a superb delivery on a play from Conan Noonan, the mm. man who takes corners with both feet. And Josh Honahan like a steam train. The yeah. Cork Express. <laughs> and he just absolutely buried this no-stop in the top corner. And uh, for the the darts celebration.
4: Darts celebration, yeah. He said that uh, the lads have been playing darts, so he told them that he would, he would do a darts celebration if they scored. So he... Uh, Love the video on TikTok, the little uh, Honahan darts <laughs> mashup, uh, very clever. Um, but yeah, some leap, some very powerful header, great start to his, his career for Joshua. Yes,
3: and another treff from set pieces, so definitely good to see. Luke Turner came on for pats as well, Prof, former Rovers player, previously with Cliftonville. I think he departed from Tala to go to Aberdeen. That's right, And yeah. then he is back with uh, Cliftonville. So he's so,
4: currently with Pats. So we're 2-0 up at this stage. Conor <laughs> Noonan just gets better and better as the game goes on. Some of his touches were just a joy to watch. We said this,
3: we know Naj stole the show in Cork last day of the season. But for me, Conor Noonan was man of the match that day. I just felt bothy, engine in the middle, tough,
4: can tackle. Brilliant. He really was so good, so... He has created a problem here though, Conan. He has further complicated the cloud. It's like
3: we, a, we, it's a it's ash, volcano ash cloud now we, at this stage.
4: We came into this season cursing the cloud thinking, oh my God, McAniff is back. How do you pick a team here? Now the cloud's even worse because Conan Noonan has arrived. Like, he is he is ready. And it was a comment, yeah, I'm seeing Peter Fitzpatrick's line here about arrived. Pierce Patrick says, So happy for this lad after all the setbacks he has. He's arrived on the League of Ireland stage. Yeah, so Conan, Conan lost so much time in football, didn't he, with his COVID issues. So it's uh, fantastic to see him back.
3: Yeah, I think what that boils down to as well is the issues that he did have and to show the mental, I think the fortitude is the, is the word, or the strength that he showed to come back and actually get into this team properly. Think about how hard it is to get into this team. It's insanely hard, so I'm really, really looking forward to uh, to, to just having him in the team. Like, but where where does he fit in? I don't know. Both he can, can use both feet. I'm just I'm just uh, I'm fascinated with that being totally both footed. Like, when's the last time we had a player like that, Mark Kenny? I don't know.
4: Uh, other chances. Gaffney hit the upright. Gaffney was it's almost you almost take him for granted at this stage, don't you, with Gaffney? But he came on. He made such an impact when he came on. He was he was a difference maker, as usual. Just another brilliant all round display from Gaffney. And Paul saved a shot from Breslin with his feet, so that was their best chance until they <laughs> yeah, got down sc- well you scored down the consolation well. goal. So um
3: yeah, really I think the consolation goal might have been harsh as well because the north view was brilliant. There was a sea of bodies in his way, so I think it was um it was a couple of people saying he should have saved it, but you couldn't you couldn't see a thing. Those bodies everywhere. So, the Pat's performance overall was slightly flat. I felt, and I felt that they came out trying to prove a point, and they want they wanted to bloody some noses and teller, and I just think
4: we stifled them, and um we were a better team overall. They didn't seem to offer a whole lot, did they, Pats? I don't um, think so. I wouldn't be getting too carried away they will get better and I'm I'm tipping them to finish seconds. but based on that I'm not impressed by them at all but it's the President's Cup they will get better as the season goes on absolutely yeah. so two minutes to go Ger. two
3: minutes to go and we have Clark Coming in and making it 3-0. And like I said, I got dog's abused for this one. Because I, I just go, wrong way, Clark. and <laughs> it. Well, Pitaluga, again, probably at fault for this one. Let it kind of go under his legs. And yeah. There wasn't drilled, much in it.
4: Drilled low on Trevor's left foot. Very, very excited
3: to see Trevor get into these positions, no prof.
4: Yeah. No, the keeper's very poor for this one. Um, not the first time, actually, passed in a presence Cup. Their keeper has made a howler. And we're kind of rubbing our hands saying, oh, hopefully more of these held please." please. Um, yeah, Trevor, like for this goal, he ran from the halfway line and you look at it back and like the defending is non-existent. But when Trevor is on fire like this, he can't be stopped. When he gets gone and he, the burners are on, there's no stopping him. you Fell him. you got to fell him. Yeah. So, so yeah, consolation goal for Pats at the end, Gerrard. So no clean sheet for Leon? Unfortunately, and also unfortunately for our ears, we heard the cowbell. In Tala, um, best view of the north stand. If you're on the left side, you get to see all the Pat's fans streaming mm. out, Cheerio. Yeah, which was, um, which was, which was very enjoyable. <laughs> it was very enjoyable, I must say. Still no win in Tala. In, but once again, in, something. I don't even want to start here. Still no win in Tala, in eight years.
3: The wood, um, something we don't get to do in the South Stand and in general is taunt the fans as they yeah. did, yeah. So it was a new experience.
4: <laughs> it was a uh, moya was having the ball, she thought it was the funniest thing ever. But overall, we were quite comfortable, like, we bossed the game. Um, I people were very happy, and like, went to the Pines after I, I was nearly calling people down, they were getting too excited. Like, it is just the President's Cup, but. There's a lot to be positive about especially after Conan's performance. Absolutely. And yeah. And uh,
3: considering the players that weren't weren't there that were absent.
4: Well that was it. Like there's yeah there's a quote from a a fan in the moment about that but quick enough trophy presentation quick handshake with Michael D the captain Leeser and he lofted the ball in the air, got my hands on it myself, Garrett. Got you know, selfie with the trophy ball. She's smaller than I thought. It was. Uh, I was tempted to, to nick it now, but I didn't. <laughs> I resisted the urge. Presumably, back to with with Brazzer and was resting on his pillow that night. Uh, beautiful medals. I think I mentioned this on last year's show. Did you selfie Did you see the photo of it? Yeah. It's wow. <laughs> I've never seen a football medal like this. It's just it's quality. He's probably our most
3: likable president in a long time as well, isn't he? Mm. Um. It was.
4: It's no. It's no title cup medal. Though, let's be honest. So yes. yeah. So prof- we had. I just wanted to say one thing about the north stand. Imagine. Won't well, won't be long until it happens. It'll be July, but. Imagine a European night with those four stands. Oh man! Think about it. Thinking about it already big team and Talabian fortress mm-hmm. already. And the record is Spurs. In 2011, 8,500. 8, that was with the temporary stands, remember? Yeah. Installed for the Europa League conference, or sorry, just the Europa League group stages. So this was a domestic record, 8,053. And again, there was only a limited capacity in the North Stand, so this record will be broken. So, in terms of that Spurs figure, I think it's the UEFA figure. So I'm fairly fairly confident to correct. I know it's a nice even number, so you might be suspicious of that. But that's the one we know of that we need to break now. Eight thousand five hundred for yeah. So big one. The bro. fact that yeah, the fact that we were missing Byrne Macniff Byrne. I said Byrne Toy. Sorry, Burke <laughs> Burke and Pigo, and we played that well and were that comfortable. It was f- very positive. Uh, we have. Robbie Gaffney, he says, Top we ducked the Bears last night. Some squad, here we go, five in a row. Michael D is a hoopy hits bows. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alan so.
3: Kintelet Prof. Really enjoyable match tonight. I know it's a glorified friendly, but we were class tonight. That with no burn, Pico, McInnef, Kenny, Burke, and Tell. Con was excellent. The press with Honahan and Borns too. And the ref was crazy with the yellows for us and took him an age to book a Pats player.
4: Yeah there was like a spate of yellows wasn't there late on the first half we got three and you were thinking like one of their players could have easily been booked for a similar challenge.
3: Also hold on we're not giving Conan Newman enough credit here for a hat-trick of assists and we had a stat on that did we? Someone said it that a draw had it I think Jack Bourne v. draw had as the last one 5-0 maybe to get three assists in a game. Great stat. But also, I think it was Mark Fitz. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the most beautiful thing about that was the way Gaffney rolled the defender so Conan hit a crossfield ball it was a 50-50 for the time being but he just kind of stepped back rolled the defender totally blocked him legally and then Clark yeah. was on his way it was ah, it was just top class but um, yet, yeah prop the Bradshaw interview this had the Rovers fans in, up in arms I had them thinking all sorts with he the most recent club announcement <laughs> he was going to do a club. people uh, I get He's texts run, run, run in the middle of, of the night running out of energy Gar what's going on I, was like, I haven't seen the interview how's his energy Gar I don't know I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah so I think what I took from it absolutely loved the way it was shot real Ted Lasso vibes from the chairwoman's Um, office you only go into Ted Lasso's chairwoman's office and it's got the blinds and you can see the pitch look like that offering them biscuits yeah it was really really good so um, I think my favourite quote of the whole thing if we can't change the player we change the player which I found brilliant I just thought to myself it's so apt and if they don't fit into the system that currently exists and you try your best and you try and get it done and it doesn't happen
4: then you change the player I thought it was a class absolutely great interview with Brazzer other notes After the game, uh, just on Trevor Clark, that was the first brace of his career. What? Never scored two goals before. Prof with the stats. Good man, prof. I like that one. Well, I've been scooped on assist stats because I don't actually keep assist stats. They just annoy me because anything that's not concrete just pisses me off. It's open to interpretation at times, isn't it? So, Trevor was on media duty afterwards. He was... Did you let him know about his brace? is popping his, pop his Uh, experience. well see I actually interviewed Joshua Hanahan, whereas Trevor was done with the you know the, all the journals, the papers yeah. and all so he resisted the urge to slag Joey Barton no digs at Joey he was mm-hmm. very diplomatic when asked about him but like what he said about us though he said no I could have gone to another club in England but the moment I heard robbers were interested I said get me home
3: I love that because he said he started with us when he was 17
4: and he, they gave him his break and he just felt that it was where he wanted to go so brilliant yep. stuff we mentioned mention and Barrett as well came off the bench he played in UCD in the Leicester Senior Cup last year Trevor did ruin a stat I was thinking I just had a feeling that we were going to score two goals in the game and we were 2-0 up I was happy for the third goal to go in, obviously but Trevor did ruin a stat that I had lined up if he hadn't scored that we would have scored exactly two goals On the opening of each stand, main, east, south, north. Oh, no way. Yeah. We also had um, last Rowers Bear to score twice in a cup final. And I had to go back to Finn and Denny, both scored a brace. In the 2013 Satanta Cup final. Really? 7-1 over Drogheda in Tallade. Oh, I remember that. That was in Tallade Stadium. Yeah. yeah. That's also the last time that Robert scored three goals or more in a final. In any final. Um, Trevor Clark just on his brace there. His first ever brace. Remember he scored four goals in five games in April, May last year. Remember that run he had? It was when he literally came. first time he came back
3: from his spell abroad wasn't it? And mm. he totally reinvigorated us.
4: That includes the Bell to Richmond. It yeah. was that around that time. And this is just based on the attendance we had there, 8053. I was kind of looking back at a, an old article I did and I accidentally found this. I wasn't even looking up attendance stats. And I wrote this in the program in March 2017. So this was Brad's first full season. The second game of that season was the home of the Bows. And we beat them 2-1. And, and then we beat them in the summer. And then began the long, winless run against them. But had in the programme 5,000. That was the attendance. And it said. This was the highest crowd for a competitive Robbers game in Talla Since 2012 against Shelburne. We did not hit 5,000 people. Between the years of 2012 and 2017, five years in a row, five years. That we, we couldn't do that. hit five thousand in any derby
3: European game. Nothing. I remember that shells game. That was their first game back from being relegated.
4: Am I right? Yeah, I knew F- it. Four It was with the crazy mistake from the goalkeeper. I think that was Lee Stacey. Was it Paul? Sch- no, Paul Skinner. Skinner. Skinner was the had keeper. An keeper sent. Keeper sent off. Was it? Yeah, an own goal and maybe. Then Skinner came out. on. Yeah. And
3: he, I think his accumulated goals <laughs> against us, Skinner, is <laughs> way up there. Skinner!
4: <laughs> um, yeah, so prob, any more for us, Prof? I'm, I'm enjoying this. Oh, that's, that's the end of my stats. Um, Miles Slattery, the kit man, he heard the Glenn Crown interview in the podcast. Remember he got mentioned about his yeah, Irish dancing? Yeah. Did he retort? And he just goes, "I oh, stitched me up. And he goes, and you set him up? I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I set him right up.
3: Uh, so part two of the Tifties Hotline, we have Philly Maguire, Ryan Legrue, Orla Stanford, and Ed Sol, um who went double the time he was supposed to, but double. worth every minute. Worth every minute. So here we go.
1: Hello. How's
10: it going, lads? Phil Maguire here and um, so i thought the the live show was 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 quality you know the you lads stepped it up taking it to another level there um for that night in the civic uh you know the award shows and the the provs kind of gatherings are always great but this this was just another spectacle and i feel for anyone who kind of missed out because it was it was a night to, to behold you know um the highlight uh, the musical number at the end with Bo's room was bare. Chance was, was quality. But I think I have to go with Aussie uh, Nate uh, and his surprise appearance. I remember being in the green room before uh, at the interval. And Nate comes up to me in a panicked, panicked fashion saying, you're stitching me up, aren't you? So I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. And obviously, you're doing the graphics. Uh, he knew I was in the know so that was that was great. I think he stand up comedy is is definitely on the table now, Nate, if you want to. Uh, and anything you can improve on, uh probably sack the sack the graphics guys. They were awful. <laughs> um, and definitely yeah, if anyone's thinking about it, if the lads do it again, I definitely recommend it. So um for last week's table quiz, no I missed out. Um and unfortunately my my reputation in the the quiz field isn't great, By the time it gets to round seven or eight, sure the points have already kicked in and everyone's lost interest. So, definitely want to get to one now. Rovers one again in the future if it happens on next year. So for Rovers season, a uh, top goal scorer, I think I think I have to go with we say Berkey. Um, I think Gaffney will be up there, but could potentially start slowing down now towards the kind of back end of the season so i think berkey has a point to prove now with a lot of a lot of new faces in the team Um, i think i think he'll want to step up and i think he will step up to the challenge uh, highest assists, jack burn now if he can stay fit and we have him for the season i think he'd definitely be up there An outside shout maybe maybe ferruja i think we're looking dangerous now down the the wings and we kind of saw that the president's cup so to have to deal with Clark and Ferrugia out in the wings, uh, I think I think that's a exciting prospect for us. So, and yellow cards probably Trevor Clark. Um, so my starting eleven, uh, versus Dundalk, I actually don't know who is and isn't uh, available for that game. As far as what, I'm going to go with my strongest team anyway for the season, if they're all fit, I'd say poles and goal. Uh Cleary Pico, Grace at the back, Ferocious Clark in the wings. Obviously, Ah uh, Byrne, Gary O'Neill in that midfield, and Burke and Gaffney up top. Um, I think Johnny Kenny could hopefully, uh kind of revive his his kind of rover's career. I think could be one to watch. Uh, hopefully, he is and does prove everyone wrong. But uh, yeah, it's hoping for the north stand. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try and get over for hopefully maybe a cup game because I have a season ticket in the South Stand. But um, I think just looking at it from the photos people were sending into the groups and everything, it it just looks looks amazing. Like what a stadium we have. Um, for my favourite memory of an opening day game, I'd say oh, it has to be it has to be Green against Bose in 2020 in the rain. Just an awful day. I was standing right at the corner where the the kind of shed uh, was, anyway. And the drain was busted. And it was leaking all over everyone. And we were all soaked. And fairly miserable. Kind of nil all for the whole game. But when that goal went in, umbrellas were flying. Everyone was up on the fence. It was just, you can't beat that now. So, for teams the top three I think is probably nailed on in no particular order but uh, Pats Rovers and Derry, I think and again I don't count my chickens but we do look very strong going off that Pats game and still five or six lads still to come back into the into the, the mix so uh, yeah I'd say I'd say that'd be the top three probably Pats second Derry third I'd say Shells now won't be far off sneaking in there if they can kind of keep that form going that they had last year but I think that's pretty much the top three nailed on bottom two is a bit harder I think I'd probably say Waterford don't look over the great probably get that playoff spot and then dark and Bows could be the surprise teams to be down there. It doesn't look great behind the scenes with dark, especially. It's a tough one to call. There's a few other teams Sligo as well can kind I of have down there but it's a tough one to call. So I guess we'll see how how it plays out. Um, surprise package. I think Galway could uh, could, could surprise us. You know, it would be good to see them back up great away day back for us now. Um, and again maybe Shells I think they could sneak up into that top three spot. Um, the Super Bowl uh, last night had plans to stay up, but was out drinking all day. And after halfway through the first quarter, straight asleep. <laughs> so yeah, didn't didn't get to enjoy usher or the rest of the game. But look, wouldn't be my my uh, my top sport. To watch, um, pissed me off lately. I'd say, kind of coming into my final three, four weeks of college now, so it's kind of all ramping up. But um, yeah, probably, probably that kind of getting through a dissertation on the league as well, which is good because it's interesting to me. Obviously, something that you're interested in makes it a lot easier, but still, it's long. Uh, and karaoke song. <laughs> I've done a few times now uh, tequila, just for the fun of it, I only having one word, but I suppose that doesn't really count, so I'm yet to make my mark on a Rovers Away day in Europe, getting up to sing a, a song, I'll have to get thinking now ahead of the campaign this year, so uh, yeah, thanks for that lads, all the best.
0: Alright lads, Ryan here, um, thanks for having me on, first up, yeah I thought the Tifty's live show at the Civic Theater, that was a brilliant night, um, fair play to you all for putting it on. I know a lot of time and effort went into making it happen. There was a good team of his there, so fair play to all and um I'm delighted that he's got a good tour now. It was well-deserved, so well done to everyone. Um, I thought it was great to hear from both Aaron and John, obviously two uh, club stalwarts from Milltown and Talla, um two four-in-a-row legends. So, no, it was brilliant to hear their stories, and I thought the, the <laughs> sing-song on the stage as well was brilliant very well organized night and um yeah i definitely recommend it to anyone who's thinking about going next year for sure um i didn't enter a team into the in the margin and um, the other day because i was actually on the organizing committee so i was correcting the answers and i was collecting the answer sheets so even if i wanted to have taken parts i wouldn't have been able to but i've taken parts before in previous years and it's always a great night um you know i think the players like it as well because they're able to have a bit of banter the next day of training you know about who came top who finished bottom that kind of thing so i think they enjoy it as well but um yeah um i was delighted to help out it was a really good night and yeah no it was all good um number three um, I think top scorer for Rovers this year, I think he'll toss a coin between uh Dara Burns and Graham Burke. Um from what we've seen of Burns so far, he's looked really sharp and um I think Burkey will always get you a few goals as well. So I'll go with one of them two or maybe even Aaron McInnef as well. Um I think you know if if he if he can hit the same form from his previous spell then I think we'll be will be doing really well. I think I think he's a great signing. I think it's great to have him back as well, obviously brilliant song so um and I think the assist king Jack Bourne will get the most assists. I think that's a fairly easy one. Um Starting eleven for the game against Dundalk and Talleh. Um I'll go with Poles, Honahan, Grace, Cleary, Clark, Ferugia, Poom, O'Neill, Noonan, Bournes and Gaffney. Um, I think Conan deserves a start after his performance against Pats, three assists, man the match, couldn't have gone any better for him, um, and I think it goes outside as well that Pico, Bourne, and McInf would be in there as well if they were fit, Um, so I think it's great to have such a strong team this year, so many options, uh, it's what we need, Um, so I think, I think we're in a really good place. Um will I watch a game from the north stand this year. I definitely intend on watching one. Um see I'd be volunteering and helping out with the game, so I kind of have to be in and around the main stands while the games are on. But um yeah, I'll definitely go and watch a game from there at some stage. Um, maybe probably one of the midweek ones if it's quiet I might pop over and watch a bit of the game from there, but I was actually in the stands um before the Pats game having a look around and it's brilliant. Brilliant view. The seats are class, so. Well done to everyone involved. Looks brilliant. Um, favorite opening day memories. I think the one that stands out was the Bowls game with the lashing rain. Um, I think kick off that day was at two o'clock. I remember getting into town around twelve to meet a couple of lads for a point or two, and I was thinking to myself, "There's no way this game is going ahead." But much to everyone's surprise, it did go ahead, and I oh look. I think we're all glad it did because. We won the game one 0 uh, Greener with a huge goal and added on time, and uh, the scenes after that went in was something else. And uh, little did we know then that that was the first goal of the four in a row. But no, that's definitely that's definitely a standout memory from an opening day game. Um, top three in the league this year, I will go with Rovers, Derry, and Pats. Um, bottom two, it's, it's very difficult to say. I think Shells will finish fourth, and then it's anyone's guess, really, between fifth and tenth. It'll be a competitive league. Um, Galway and Waterford have come back up. I think they've both added to their squad. Um, so, yeah, really difficult to say. Um, I think um, like there's no real standout team that you think oh, they might struggle. I think it'll be very competitive this year, and I think it's very difficult to say between fifth and tenth. Um I think the surprise package might be Galway. Um, obviously they won the the fourth division by a huge margin last year, and um, you know, to be fair to John Caulfield, he always has his team set up very well. They're very difficult to beat, and um, Amon Dacey Park—it's always a a very difficult place to go and play. And you know, I'm sure they'll have big crowds there supporting them this year. So I think they could be a surprise package. Um, the sack race. The obvious ones that people are saying is it's uh, Russell O'Donnell and Devine, but again, if one of them teams goes on a run and they push for Europe, you know things can move pretty quickly in football. So, um, yeah, that, that's another difficult one to call. Um, will I watch the Super Bowl? No, um, I don't really have much interest in it to be honest with you. Um, I know loads who do, and I know loads who will stay up to watch it, but. You know, I don't really understand the rules, so there's no point really. Um I don't really have any other favourite sports other than other than football if I'm being honest. I mean I'd watch any kind of football game that's on, but yeah that's that's all I'm really interested in when it comes to sports. Um what's annoying me, it doesn't have to be football related. Well it is football related. I've seen some some idea that they might bring into football. It's like a, a blue card where like if you're given it you have to sit sit off for 10 minutes or something, it's ridiculous, like what they do in the rugby, Um, it's a terrible idea, Um, and hopefully it doesn't happen, because, yeah, I don't think anyone likes that, Um, I'll have to skip the Valentine's Day one, Um, and your favourite karaoke, what would be my go-to karaoke song? Um, Again, you'd probably have to pay me to sing in front of people, Um, it's not something I'd like to do, but... If you made me, I'd probably go with something like Oasis, like maybe Wonderwall. Yeah, I'll go with that. Um, Yeah, I think that covers everything, lads. Um, Thanks again for having me on, and I'll see yous on Friday.
11: Hey lads, of Stanford, well done on the live show. It was brilliant. Can't recommend it enough for those who didn't make it. I was terrified when they came into the crowd, though. Thankfully, JC was sitting behind us, and he gave us a little heads up. That he was the chosen one and to stop panicking i'm fond of a piss take so i enjoyed the bose trophy cabinet but it was hard to pick a favorite part the civic is a beautiful venue and i'm looking forward to seeing the next show there but i'd still aim to pack out a vicar street freeze one day I have a soft spot after working there for a while i wouldn't say i participated in the quiz i was present and was on the unpus team with prof we eventually got Leon Poles after being left playerless in the first half, but uh, he was super confident and he could read the tiny uh, tiny Excel sheet from the back of the room. So it's good to know our number one has super sight. I won't be at the Dundalk game myself. I'll be watching it on League of Ireland TV in Toronto. We're definitely going to get goals from all over the pitch this season, but I'll go for Berkey for top goalscorer and most yellows and Jack for highest assists. I don't think Jack or Biko are going to be back for Dundalk, so starting 11, probably not far off the second half of the Cup. I'll go with uh, Poles, Grace Hoare, Hoonahan, Farooja, O'Neill, Nugent, Burns, Clark, Noonan and Gaff. Um, I'm not tempted to try the north stand. I'm still trying to adapt to the south stand after the east stand. I miss the view from the east stand still. Uh, the stadium looks unreal. Um, but I can't wait to hear it fully rocking and completely sold out. I think the top three will obviously be ourselves, and then I would have said Pats in the off-season would have been in the mix, but I'll go with Shells and Derry. The bottom two, I'd say Drogs and Bows and Divine will be on the chopping block first. My favourite opening day is the first game in Tala and my first Rovers game, so we just can't be beaten. And I did think of the first game back after COVID because it was so special, but uh, first match can't be topped. I'm actually in an NFL house, so I have to watch the Super Bowl. A big group of us watch it every year. Um, This year I only watched it till the halftime show um, because I was in work this morning, but still enjoyed the usual uh, few drinks and some wings to celebrate it. I'll I'll really watch most sports live, but I'm actually going to go to a hockey game while I'm in Canada. I do Jiu-Jitsu myself, so it would be football and then martial arts would be the next thing I watch the most. I'm not a romantic person, so I usually don't even acknowledge uh, the day, but Emma quite rightly said the most romantic thing I probably did for my partner was to come home after the game instead of going to the pub, obviously, still going to the game, and she's not wrong. What's annoying, annoying me most is um, I haven't had a raise Curry in what feels like years. And that prof got wrong how many times I've been on the podcast. So an incorrect stat from our prof. I wouldn't torture anyone with my singing. But I have been singing the McAniff song around the house since he resigned. Thanks for having me again, lads. KOH.
12: How's it going, folks? Ed Saul here. Hope you're all keeping well. Thank you very much for the invitation to participate in the hotline this week. So, here we go. I didn't make it to the table quiz last week. By all accounts, it looked a really, really good night. I did send a representative from the family in Sophie. Um, she didn't have the brightest team, to be fair. It was Sophie, Shannon, Jay Mangan and Gary O'Neill. Not very intelligent. they done very well. They came last. Um, so not surprised by that but yeah they did win a prize so they were happy in the end but well done to all the organizers uh it looked looked like a really really good night so congratulations top scorer for rovers this year it's always a tricky one because of the way we play and the amount of players that chip in with the goals and um, from all different areas on the pitch rory gaffney is one that sticks out straight away if he says fit He's uh, he's He's been different class for us. Absolutely brilliant. The energy he brings to the team, even last night in the President's Cup when he came on. Yeah, he's just different class, as I said. If he stays fit, he will be a top goal scorer, in my opinion. I think Johnny Kenny will chip in with a lot more goals this season. It's very hard for a young player to lead the line at Rovers. But I think after having a season under his belt, he will be much better for it. And he'll definitely score more goals. Like if you look at wide areas, Feruja, Trevor Clark, they're gonna score. McIniff is gonna score from midfield and Jack Bourne is definitely gonna um, be on the score sheet plenty of times. So we're spoiled for choice. But yeah, I'm gonna throw throw it out there and say top goal scorer, Rory Gaffney. Highest assists again, it goes on who's fit and who's not fit. If Jack Bourne gets a run of games, he will have the most assists. assists he's, he's unbelievable. Set-piece delivery corners, indirect free kicks. free kicks. I'm sure he will take the penalties if Graham Burke isn't on the pitch. So, yeah, one of the best players in the league. One of the best players the league has ever seen. He'll definitely have the highest assists, no, no bother to him. Most yellow cards, Graham Burke all day long. I look, I love his passion, I love the way he plays. He gets creamed and tackled. He gets up, he reacts, kicks the balls away, kick the ball away, descent. He picks up a lot of silly yellows, but uh, not a great player for us. But I think, yeah, Dan Cleary, possibly, he uh, he picks up a lot of yellows from the back. But I'm going to say Graham Burke for the most yellow cards. Me starting 11 versus Dundalk... Um, I suppose if everybody is fit again, let's let's go with everybody, everybody being fit. So, 3-5-2, poles Dan Cleary, Pico Lopez, Lee Grace. I'm going to go with a box in midfield. So far in midfield, it'd be Gary O'Neill, Poom, McAniff and Jack Bourne. Two wing-backs, Neil Ferrucci, Trevor Clark and Gaffo up top. That's, at the moment, I think... Our strongest team. Hope I'm not missing anyone. Um, because I've had about five cans of Rockshaw already. While I'm doing this uh hotline. So yeah. Hopefully I haven't missed anyone. But uh, some team lads isn't it? My God. And then you look at the players who were on the bench. You know I haven't even mentioned Tara Barnes and that. Richie Towell. Graham Burke. Dylan Watts. My God. Johnny Kenny. Spoil for choice this year, lads. Absolutely brilliant, um, serious squad. But we still have to do the business, so I wouldn't be getting carried away just yet. Um, the north stand, I will definitely be trying it out. I tell you why, because um, obviously I'm director of football at Crumlin United. We have a partnership with with Shamrock Rovers, and it's gone really, really well. But uh, next week for the Dundalk game, we have. I'd say we'll have over a hundred members of Crumlin um schoolboys coming to the game. We are playing a blitz on the new Astro, or under sevens or under eights, or under nines are playing a blitz on the Astro and um, beside the North Stand, the new Astro before the game with our partner club Rovers coaches. They'll all play in that. And then we will be going into the into the ground. Uh, coaches, players, parents. And then our under-10s the are playing on the pitch at halftime. So, over the course of the season, when we bring our teams up to Tallah, uh, they'll all be in the North Stand. So, yeah, I, I can see myself being in the North Stand um, a few times this season. But, by all accounts, last night it was um, really, really good, Um, the viewing and uh, the facilities. So, it looks amazing. So, yeah, happy days favorite memory of an open day opening day game to be honest I thought about this one and they're all because it's a long off season it's a long winter it's dark it's cold you always look forward to the first game of the season no matter who we're playing where we're playing you'll always be there so it's do I have a special memory I'm going to throw one out here the first division in Talca Park opening day of the season against Dundalk, uh, with a lot of unknown uh, quantity players in, in, in the side. And we were 1-0 down after a f- few minutes, I think it was. But we scored two late winners in Talca Park, shooting into, in towards uh, the stand there, not the Ballybuck end, the, the Richmond uh, road end. And, yeah, I remember it being absolute chaos in that... Uh, main stand and talk of, uh you know first fourth season in, the, in in the fourth division and we got off to a great start so yeah if i had to pick a memory it would it would be that one uh, predict what teams will finish in the top three and the bottom two in the league we're gonna win the league i predict by about 10 points who comes second who comes third? listen if you're watching pats last night you wouldn't say they'll come second but you know, you can't read too much into a Presidents Cup game. Pats will definitely get better. I think Derry Derry struggled last year with the home form. Have they improved? Have they bought better? Only time will tell. I think I'm gonna say Derry to finish second, Pat's to finish third. Bottom two in the league, I think I think the relegation places this year is going to be the tightest um you'll ever see it normally in a season you'll have one team that struggle and get drifted away from the rest and then it's very tight for the for the relegation playoff but you could predict six teams this year that could easily struggle easily and i think i think this year you could see you could see a big team possibly going down you could you really could i don't think anyone will get Totally adrift at the bottom, I think it'd be so tight between 10th and possibly 5th, possibly 6th in the league. You just don't know. But I think there should, could be a shock. There could be a big team going down. Um, like I I, I honestly think it's so hard to call. You look at Bowes; they're already screaming for Devine's head before he's even kicked the ball. Stephen O'Donnell at Dundalk. You just don't know what they have. Their home farm might, might, might do them favours. I think Trotter will be okay. They're gone professional. Again, another team. Kevin Doherty's done a good job there. They'll pick up points at home. Waterford, I, I honestly don't know what Waterford have. They obviously have an established manager in Keith Long, but I don't know what they have. Um, Galway, I think Caulfield will have them well organised. They won't play much football. They'll be back-to-front back, back to front stuff, Jack Charlton stuff. It'd be all off second balls, set pieces, corners. Again, I don't know what they'd be like. So that's why I think it'd be very, very, it'd be very, very tight at the bottom. Um, right. Bowes, to finish, third from bottom. Dundalk, the finish, second from bottom, and Sligo, to finish bottom. How about that? We go with that. Uh, The sack race could be Declan Devine or John Russell from Sligo. I'm not sure which one will get the bullet first, but toss a coin there and see what happens. I've absolutely no interest in the Super Bowl, none whatsoever. I know it's in Vegas. Uh, I love Vegas and the stadium looks amazing, but uh, I won't be watching the Super Bowl now. We leave that to the nerds. Um, I love boxing. In my other favourite sport, I absolutely love boxing. Uh, I'll watch any boxing that's on any Saturday night. Yeah, love boxing. Uh, it makes me weekend, to be honest. Looking forward to it, especially the big fights. Absolutely love it. So, yeah, other sport other than football would be boxing. What's pissing me off lately? This, I was thinking about that football-related. What's pissing me off? You could go on and on, but the the war in Palestine is absolutely boiling my blood since I started Um, I, I'm not gonna go on about it. I'm not gonna bore people but what's going on to the poor people of Palestine is genocide and uh, it sickens me and makes me really angry and pisses me off every time I watch the news I've actually tried not to watch more news on it because you only get so annoyed and sad It'd probably piss me off that the Americans and the Brits have Israel's back as well, and um, that winds me up. But yeah, if there's anything really to piss me off, it's certainly what's going on to the poor people in Palestine at the moment. Valentine's Day section <laughs> I think the older you get, the less uh, romantic you get. Um, am I romantic? I'd probably say no, lads. You'd have to ask my wife if I'm romantic, but. Um, i'm not really into all that to be honest as i said you definitely do less and less of it the more years you're married but i did do one romantic thing one for uh for one time at valentine's um i bought her a printer i thought it'd be a great idea to go in to town and get Juliana a printer i thought she needed a printer but when i bought it she just looked at me and said a fucking printer. And I said, yeah, 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 but like you need one. She goes, I don't need a fucking printer. And I said, well, I'm after spending 250 euro on the thing you can have it. Well, what am I going to do with a printer? I said, you're going to print things obviously. But she just looked at me and I thought it was ram- romantic, but the fucking face I got, but the printer went fucking back anyway. She didn't get the printer. So uh, yeah. Yeah. That's probably the most romantic thing I thought I did, which turned out to be a disaster. But, yeah. um, Oh, I love this question. My karaoke song. Well, listen, there's a few of them. There's absolutely a few of them. Love is in the Air, John Paul Young, David Essex, Homey Close, and, of course, Lionel Richie, All Night Long. I've also known to sing a bit of erasure. So, take your pick. Probably go back to uh, Stockholm last year, where... The karaoke night just seemed to happen. It was a absolutely brilliant one. Everybody was getting up. Now I'd have to say I was probably the best singer there. Um, I used to be a brutal singer, but I was definitely the best. Oh, Sophie, my Sophie did get up and sing a couple. Um, she's a music college. She can definitely sing. Uh, she's not bad. She must get the voice from me. But yeah, they're my uh, karaoke classics. I love a bit of karaoke. Um, so hopefully in Europe this year, we can get a nice trip, and we'll get the karaoke, and we'll get up and uh, rock the place out. Yeah, brilliant crack. Listen, lads, it's been a pleasure as always. I uh, hope everybody enjoys the new season. Get behind the team. Get behind the players. If we get a bad result, so fucking what? We always bounce back. So, yeah, happy new season, everyone, and well, well done, Carl. Well done, Gary. Doing the great work. Well done, lads. Take care. KOH.
3: Yes, so um, Philly. Some great stuff from Philly. Ryan LeGroux, of course. Orla. And who's booking out Vickers Street for us, Prof. Great stuff.
4: She wants us to go to Vickers Street, yeah. We're going to do it one day, aren't we? That's where the league launch happened, funny enough. Which I, I, thought was, I thought was quite random. I
3: thought it was deadly. I, I was surprised, to be honest. So Yeah, it looked good. I'm guessing... It's not that
4: far-fetched. We can yeah. we, we can get it or done. Or right. is pitching, uh, bigger street or more? Uh, well, let's sell out the civic first of all. That's the plan for next January.
3: And of course, um, uh, oh by the way, what? Um, Maya, obviously, I'm listening to the hotline with with Maya and Ryan. Said, oh yeah, I don't know what my favorite karaoke. And Maya's like, what is
4: karaoke? <laughs> Moya is vicious. I know <laughs> she she's, she's a she sharp. Takes no prisoners.
3: She's like, what is karaoke? what is it she's like remind it remind
4: um, she I once said you said that you liked the well not you'd like it, but you're like you're not you're not slagging the new balls jersey with Tim lazy and she just goes get out of
3: the car yeah no that's what it was yeah I, I'm picking you up at yeah. work I was like I actually like it she goes get out so she yeah. definitely she definitely knows what the crack is but some yeah.
4: brilliant stuff and content from the guys much appreciated. Ed all does not do time limits we said 7 minutes he's in fairness, I did flew, boy. He's not, he's not quite on the Jim Conroy level where Jim can speak for 15 minutes and it feels like three. But, you know, he's, he's a good listener. New rule for the hotline. You have to have consumed five cans of Rockshore <laughs> yeah. before even going near it. You have to call people nerds. This is brilliant. Uh, he had big teams in his bottom threes, did he? Dundalk, Bo, Sligo, Huge, yeah. I think he could be right, though, because if Dundalk... They don't have to... Squ-
3: ah, we, listen, we, we can talk about this. The cows come home.
4: Yeah, good to hear from Fiddy, who did the sound engineering and the lights at our Civic shows. He had like the best seat in the house, in a way, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. The back. I think.
3: Are we gonna rename Ed? We're gonna rename him Casanova. Because (laughs) this this is the the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. We're only six weeks
4: into the year. But to me, this is the highlight of TFT2024 This already. is the
3: quote. We're not going to beat this. This The show has peaked. I thought she wanted a printer. <laughs> I, co- I I had to stop.
4: <laughs> it's going to be her epitaph. Like, I thought she wanted a printer. And even now, he still sounds surprised that she didn't like it. I reckon it was one of those things where he's struggling and he's thinking,
3: <laughs> oh, the fuck. And then she probably just needed a printer one day for once in the year. And he was like fucking printer 250 quid on a printer brilliant
4: love is in the air absolutely brilliant Pr- Ed Printers. is the printer still around I want to know that is it still around mm. love is in the air <laughs> question 10 was in honour of Ed yeah um, he's right about Stockholm karaoke that night was brilliant one of my one of my European highlights now in my all my time going must I say. miss
3: that one I do like a little bit of karaoke yeah. myself uh,
4: I disagree with him though I don't think he was the best singer I think Sophie was the best singer that night
3: Yeah, well, it takes a lot to beat Sovy. Sovy's rocking the stage most weekends, so um, the standard is pretty high there, Prof.
4: This is a podcast edit with Carol here. I forgot to come back to Gary and what he had said earlier in the show that the first game at Tata was his favourite opening day memory. Of course, that was not the opening game of the 2009 season. It was Bray away so I couldn't believe he chose that, and Orla Stanford made the same mistake. She chose that as her favorite, having had the cheek to slag my stats. So yeah, we had. Here's an interesting one, um, because I went back to last year's hotline, and some of the questions were similar. It was involved season predictions and Valentine's Day, because of the time of year, uh, that's in it. Well, here's here's one we asked on February twenty twenty two additional Tippy's Hotline. Who will be Rovers most successful export in the next five years? Gavin Bazunu, Aaron McInniff, Liam Scales, or Kevin Zeppi? Now, this is one year ago. So we'll, cur- we'll so we are run through the currently running
3: a muck in Southampton's uh, charge for promotion. Aramak is back. Scales is... He's destined for stardom here. I think he's probably going to get a big move. Um, Kevin Zeffi has made the, room to Rome, made, the, made the move to Roma. Now, I'm not sure if he's gone from reserve side to reserve side. But either way, he signed under Mourinho's tenure. So hopefully he can break through there. And uh, change a formation for De Rossi, Froli, Roma. Fans out there. Mm. He's playing four at the back now. So Kevin Zephy in there. So Bobby mm. Beck's actually called into that one. So rest in peace to Bobby the
4: legend. Um, yeah, yeah, Bobby featured in that one. So I, I guess so far based on... Someone tweeted how many senior games Bazoon had played already. I can't remember what the figure was but it, just, it was astonishing to read at the age he is. So based on Bazoon who at club and international level you have to say so far he's our most successful expert. But where Scales has gone from a year ago to now is massive and a year ago I think was McEnough at Perclory a year ago he or been, was yeah. he still at Harris no would have been I think he's there,
3: he was there a year because he went one season then he halfway through so I'd say a year probably yeah
1: yeah
4: and Zephy was still sort of in the Milan
3: making year, waves Zephy was ranks, doing
4: yeah. bits in the inter but it was it's an interesting question Like to answer a year on and be, maybe we should ask the question again a year absolutely I love this stuff next year yeah.
3: Um. so 19th prof nil all the way to Athlone Town in their Lancer senior game yeah so we'd Kevin Ronan taking this one in I think he's from that neck of the woods where he was passing boy so nil all in uh, the Lancer senior game Derry 75 tickets for away fans this is possibly from it's from like a banter page so potentially our allocation cut. Co- is, is the rumour but we're hoping that's not the case Um, Derry is probably one of our favourite trips Prof and definitely going to be tasty this year so the more fans yeah. but it's overall it's for the better for the greater good because they're getting a new stamp put in so we're hoping we can come to some sort of agreement
4: anyway did and I to get as many tickets as possible did I see that game was televised or am I thinking of the home game there's of so
3: many of them I'm not too sure I, I
4: haven't even looked at it I haven't even looked at the televised list Let's I think maybe Virgin picked that one we probably announced on last week's show and I've already forgotten
3: so I haven't really looked, to be honest. I don't. The Televoice thing, it's great. I'll, I'll take a look of maybe Virgin are, are, doing it. But other than that, it just kind of doesn't really bother me because we know we're gonna be there. Boston Lizzie Jersey, they are at it again, and um, I, <laughs> I actually like it. I actually like it. Um, even though he's a criminal man, and I think he followed Pats. But it's it'll probably sell. I'll be honest, it'll probably sell.
4: So, I red one post from a Bows fan giving out about it that was quite entertaining I must say
3: but I think the fact they probably might only need 14 or 15 for the first team because <laughs> they're, they're quite long first team players bro. and I think that's what the collective argument is between the old schoolers versus the new school uh, hipsters is that we need players and we need we need people in so they have a very small squad at the minute so I'm never, try and separate the two obviously you separate the, the business side from the playing side but the playing side is ultimately
4: the most important thing. So You'll never hear me tip bows for a relegation battle on this show because it's actually been a long time since they were that bad. Like I, mean, like in, I think in 2012, 2013 was when they were at their absolute lowest. They were yeah. kind of seven to eight. So they'll always do better than you think they're going to do. But I know I did say if they start terribly, Devine could win the sack race and they might start terribly. But I don't know. I don't... I don't see them like batting relegation whereas Sligo and possibly Dundalk could get sucked in there
3: yeah I put um my I was doing my fancy football team today and I put Martin Miller in he was a bargain at 6 million I think it was and I just put him into the team and I thought he is a good player he's got 30 odd caps for Estonia Marcus was similar. Had a slow start, but ended up being really, really good. They've signed two or three good players, like those Estonians. They haven't got 30, 40 caps for nothing. Now, in Estonia, aren't exactly anything to write home about at the minute. finish rock bottom in their most re- recent group, but it's still a high enough standard to have them get players in. So I don't think they'll they'll definitely be on the bottom half. Mm-hmm. But I think relegation, prof.
4: Wait another year Marcus, or two. Marcus Poem for this, and where he Yeah,
3: not year or two to to get them down that far. Mm-hmm. But the women's news, prof. Hit us. What have you got?
4: Yeah, so we've got Robbers will be providing enhanced coverage of women's teams games this season. We've got a live camera for LOI TV. So no more crappy art So that is good news. Much improved uh, camera work at the women's games. Prize money doubled to one hundred and ten thousand now. For
3: great great stuff for the women's league, big money. Hopefully get to invest this, reinvest it in the winners. Mm to reinvest it back in the infrastructure and whatever else they need to do so the women's game is coming along
4: nicely hopefully the men's can be dragged along with it Prof yeah like we said the league was launched at Vickers Street on the Wednesday Robert's represented by Lee Grace and Anyo Gorman. so yeah we had Vickers Street we had the Irish Times article by Gavin Comiskey is that how you say his
3: name? yeah I think is a balls man is he? I
4: don't know his League of Ireland loyalties but we have uh, we're not going to read the full article but just the the opening paragraph there yes
3: grounds for concern League of Ireland stadiums hampering development of the domestic game recent years have seen an attendance at games but facilities remain inadequate and in need of serious investment he reviews each ground and when he gets to Dundalk Peter Eccles oh yeah and when he gets to Dundalk what did he say when he got to Dundalk my god
4: yeah he said. Capacity, 4,500, 3,000 seats. Average attendance in 2019 was 2,700. Last year, it was 2,600. Stadium owner, Casey Family Trust leases the ground to Dundalk. Club owner, Brian Askoff. Again, how do you pronounce this?
3: I think, it's, I think I'm going to go with the same as Nigel Clough. So, Askoff.
4: Okay, so here's a bit on, on him. So... Uh, did I say Ascoff? Ainscoff? Ainscoff, yeah. Uh, the US-based Dubliner parted ways with Kerry FC and stepped down as chief executive of Boston Bolts, the Boston Bolts, mm. to focus <laughs> on the takeover at Oriole Park when he recently visited the dilapidated venue off the Carrick McCross Road for a preseason game. His seat in the main stand broke. We mentioned this on last week's show. And I oh, was behind you when the seat broke, and that should not happen. Kira Lennon, as a doc fan was quoted in the Argus Argus, at an open farm with the club's third owner inside two years. The female toilets, she continued, you're afraid that you're going to catch something most of the time when you're in them. The stand was filthy the other night.
3: Are we talking about as in catch something as in like a fishing rod in as in some sort of oil creature
4: like a crocodile or oh, you're going to
3: catch a real made, disease I
4: think she means diseases <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Eat both are just as possible as, as uh, Oreo Park
4: either are you. the stand was filthy the other night and it was really disheartening so I'm just wondering what you're going to do to make the facilities better here at Oriel Park and he replied with an apology while branding the venue a pigsty <sighs> He revealed that his wife...
3: Ainscough called it a pigsty.
4: Yep. He revealed that his wife will not be attending games until improvements are made. I promise that we're going to clean it up, he said. I think what what else can be done as
3: well, and I, I know I saw Bowes do it recently, was they just look for volunteers to give a hand. Now, it's not the case with Rovers, or maybe like Waterford as well, because it's council run. But when it is in the ownership of the fans like a volunteer day is probably is probably the best
4: bet just get a lot of people in to help out pull up the weeds scrape do whatever you gotta do we're doing this show seven years ago Uh, we've talked about this in doc (laughs) toilets especially for female supporters a number of times and it just baffles me how we so many good news stories about the league and we're still talking about absolute basics like feeling comfortable Going to a toilet. It's 2024. Yeah. And we are talking about. Toilets. And chairman's wives. Not willing to go to your game. Seriously. There's actually more. The Irish Times approached him. He's a former drawhide midfielder. To ask what his promise. Specifically entails. But he declined the comment. Uh, erecting portable stands. Behind both goals. To make the fans feel. That we're doing something. Will not happen. In 2024. And Interesting times ahead. Bro. In this article. He had an away fan view. So. He didn't say. Who these people are. But he just seemed to interview one fan. About every away section. So the one was away fan view. Dundalk is the worst ground to the league. By a long shot. No cover. Broken seats. Only a few port lose And a fairly crap view. I know we're not going to Oriel Park on Friday. But we are playing Dundalk I still maintain talk is the worst away of you. I unless you're in a good position totally agree you with you there, yeah. don't know what's going on behind that goal
3: yeah it's pretty bad and if you get down right the front and you're stuck at the yellow fence and you're kind of stuck behind and you can't yeah. see much at all yeah I'd, I'd agree with you there bro um, Peter Eccles his son is playing for Glen and he's very tidy we're hearing we're hearing good things so um, that's him playing for
4: Glen he's supposed to be a great little player that's Clem Malore with uh Fody Dino. Some finished two weeks ago, Gar. He's now doing one-to-one classes. So DM mm-hmm. us for striker classes. I hear he's on the dinner circuit now. He just <laughs> You pay him and he'll recant tales of his goal. He got yeah, a,
3: a pretty penny as well. So Conor Foley's one to one striking classes. DM us for more details. Over thirty-five World Cup tournament will be held this summer. It'll be eight nations that have been world champions. This is an unbelievable idea. I love this. This is what a lot of the retired players are doing. Jared Piquet is doing it. He has this Soccer Sevens thing called Kings Tournament or something like that. So they're setting it up. This is genius. How, like It's like the beach football. I used to love watching ex-internationals play beach volleyball. Or not beach volleyball, beach football. And they'd have mm. um, Cantonal be playing for France and stuff like that. Brilliant. It's, so It's so good that...
4: I just can't believe it hasn't been done before now mm. it's like why didn't this exist in our it's life before a, now
3: it's such a pull so you've got England Argentina Brazil France Germany Italy Spain Uruguay so think about who potentially could be turning up for this like land could be turning up for Uruguay you could have Xavi for Spain Pirlo for Italy like mm. what unbelievable is, what is the
4: list there that came with the article so here we go the Puyol. looks of
3: Puyol Lampard Henri Caca Rondinho Rivaldo Ozil and kind of arrow could all be playing. You had me at Ronaldinho. It's <laughs> done. I'm there. I'm booking flights and I'm going to see the King. Um, yeah, so Prof, up next we have Ali McKenzie. He is the creative director and Dynamo behind the twice-in-a-lifetime Rovers dock. And we caught up with him last week to have a chat. So here is Ali. So today we are here with Ali from Match in a minute, and it's uh, tales from the east end. We've struck up a new friendship, Prof. And um, Ali has been uh, making films about and documentaries about about uh, football for a while now. So uh, we're going to talk to Ali about where it all started. So um, Ali, you're very welcome to the show. First of all,
5: it is Gary. good to see you again.
3: Good to see it. I think we're making a habit of this at this stage.
5: Yeah, yeah. This time you're throwing the questions to me though.
3: Yeah, right. So, Ali, we'll get started. So, uh, talk us about the the origins of Match in a minute, where the inspiration came from to start making documentaries about football. And tell me who's involved in the team.
5: I so, you know, I started making documentaries when I moved back from England about uh, maybe 12 years ago. Um, I kind of got in the docks in a big way then. And the story that was kind of on my doorstep, you're always looking for a big story. And the story that was on our doorstep was the fact that Nuri had gone bust and was on the comeback and it kind of just worked so well at the time I was just trying to get into the industry and and find a project and there was a natural story to tell it was Nuri's comeback from extinction um, the rebuild and then making their way back up the leagues so that was kind of the first football doc that I made um, and then I went on an away trip with Northern Ireland 2017 to Baku over to Azerbaijan for a game filmed everything on my uh, GoPro at the time and Forgot, completely forgot about, it. like put it in a cupboard and didn't look at it again until lockdown. Um, I found the footage, cut it together and put it out there. And it was kind of like in the style of a like a voiceover, a funny guide to an away trip and put it out there. Yeah. And it, you know, pretty big numbers on Twitter at the time. I remember thinking that's a format that works. And again, forgot about it and kind of got busy with life and with work. And then came back to the idea last year. My wife and myself went over to Luton Town to see Kenilworth Road for the day. Went to a game and I did one of those kind of match blogs on the phone. And the format really just took off from there massively. Um, particularly when I started doing like local football up here, following Yuri, uh doing the prices of away games and people just loved that. Like I suppose seeing a different league and how much it cost. Um, you know, we built a, a very good following kind of through TikTok videos, but then the idea was always to bring it back to Irish football documentaries. And we launched that really last summer with the the Louth Derby, and then with yourselves with the Shamrock Rovers talk at the end of the year. So, you know, it's been been quite a while in the making. But now, what uh... inspired
3: it though? From a, from from, go on, Ali.
5: Oh, sorry, go on ahead. I think it was a bit of a delay. Go on ahead. So,
3: from your from your perspective, as a, as a kid growing up, what made you think, oh, okay, this is what I want to do? When did you pick, first pick up a camera? What made you pick it up? Was it did you inherit it from a parent? Did you see something that you like and you thought I'll give this a go?
5: No, to be honest, like I finished school, did my GCSEs up here. And my parents were like, what do you want to do? And I said, study media. And they were like, right, but you need a job. You need a job at the end of it. So they kind of bribed me to go back to school at the time, which I just wasn't interested in, and I left. Um, And I kind of did a few bits and pieces, but I always knew I wanted to get into media. I didn't particularly have the defining moment of, oh, that's what I want to do. It just kind of always, I just always felt led to that, you know. Um, Initially, I wanted yeah. to be a photographer and... When I went to tech then, um we started to do video stuff. And when I had the video camera, I was like, oh, this is great. Like, you can actually tell stories. You can work with people. You know, you can bring that to life a bit more. It was very, very hard. Like, you know, it's so much harder, I think, than taking a photo and, and trying to get that across, you know, being young and not not having any confidence and uh, not knowing how to really talk to older people and trying to direct them and and get them to respect you was tough. But it, t- it took quite a while to get into it. But when I was young, you know, I always just... Went to the cinema every single week. That was my thing. So I think I just loved films when I was younger. And it kind of just made sense that I would be involved in it. And as soon as I had the camera in my hand and was working and making projects, and the first time, I think like a lot of people can relate to this, but the first time you sit down and footage that you've shot actually cuts together and works, you're like, oh, okay, that's brilliant. Like you get a buzz. So I can learn this, you know. The
3: satisfaction of putting something together like uh, Frankenstein, you piece it all together and it comes alive. So that's what the buzz you got from that.
5: Exactly. And even, you know, it's with every project, you kind of come back and you think, have I got what I needed? Did I get enough? Do I have this? And the minute you put it on the timeline and a sequence works, you're like, OK, we're good. We're, we're safe, you know. So that's the way I always kind of look at it.
3: Would your mind constantly be taken over? So as, as regards to, let's say, you're on the bus going to work or something like that, would your mind be switched on to making films and little bits of creativity every time you could see something going by in the bus and you'd be like, oh, bulb moment. You're always ticking over. Can you turn, can you switch
1: off?
5: No, you can't because, I mean, in my job, I have to pitch regularly. I have to come up with ideas, get them TV and pitch. So you're constantly looking for things and it could be the most mundane thing or the most throwaway thing that you've read in the newspaper. And you're thinking, is there a 30 minutes or is there an hour in that story? Is that worth bringing to someone? Or is it absolute shite? You kind of have to decide yourself, Mm -hmm. is it going to work? Are people actually going to watch what you're thinking of? And, you know, it's the same with these documentaries. You could make a million stories about Irish football, but are are they going to be interesting? Are people going to want to watch them? And that's the question you always have to find. Because I'm such a big fan of football, I uh, come from the fans' point of view. I kind of, think I'm in that crossover where I can understand both sides.
3: That's the thing as well. Do you ever get caught? in the moment thinking to yourself well I think this is interesting but do you ever elevate yourself to the point of the neutral viewer and think okay well maybe I'm a little bit biased because I love football or I'm interested in something in particular do you think right I have to separate myself from my interests
5: yeah I think something that I've worked on recently I won't talk about it for that reason but it was it was niche it was very niche you know and when I felt I came back and watched it I was like ah no one's gonna watch this like as much as I think, it's <laughs> great, and it was great insight for me to say. I was like, oh, I, I, I don't think people are going to watch that, you know. So you kind of have to have that. Decision. Sometimes it just means going out and filming it and and taking that risk yourself and not talking too much about it before you film it, yeah. so people don't expect anything.
3: Your exploits have taken you all over the world: Poland, Madrid, and even the luxurious county Loud. So tell us about. Poland, Madrid. Tell it, t- Poland in particular, because, um, this one, how did it come about? What, what was it, fourth, fifth division?
5: Yeah, the fourth, it was, it was nuts. So, I yeah, I just love football. No matter where I'm going, I'll always look up and see where a match is happening. And it was my cousin's stag do last year. They were all going snowboarding and skiing. We, me and my brother, have never done that. Like, so we we're like, we're gonna go a couple of days early, travel about, do a bit of stuff, and crack off. And we're like, we will take in a match. But the match that we wanted to see was Cracovia We're playing but it was called off because of bad weather. And then it just popped up on my phone that there was a fourth division game happening. And I mean, this place was a (laughs) shit hole. Like in the video, I said, it was like a map from call of duty. It was, it was unbelievable. Like we went down and they were just selling like this homemade soup out of a, I don't even know, like this old Coca-Cola container. It it was brutal and got in anyway, but I think it was like, it worked out something like a pound 80 was the ticket. And a scarf was about £2, you know. So for us, it was great. We went down. My brother had a couple of beers. We were just sitting there. It was like one degree, freezing cold, but it was brilliant. You know, it was just one of those games that you were like, like, how how the hell do you end up in a Polish fourth division game standing with 12 ultras singing songs? And and like the, the way fans were behind this wire fencing, but there was about eight or nine of them. There wasn't even that many. And they were all dressed in black, proper ultras, proper hoods. But like we're passing stuff back and forth across the nets, getting food, getting hot dogs. You know, I was just like, this is one of the most surreal football experiences that I that I've seen up to this point. Um, but it Big was... bowls
3: of goulash and homemade brews coming from the middle of Poland.
5: <laughs> yeah, no comment on that. Am I getting dragged into the
1: Dublin Wars?
3: So the fans have they always been welcoming? Did you ever have any sticky situations where somebody said, "Get that camera on my face," or we don't want to film? Or I'd ever get into any
5: tight situations? Um, no, generally most people are grand. Um, and as the the TikTok account grew, like a lot of people started to to recognise the match in the minute name. And it was actually one night I was down the Louth Derby, which was uh, about a year ago. Um, I was down. I was at the hot, just getting a cup of tea, and some guy turned to me and says, "I recognise your accent. Do you make those TikTok videos?" And I was like, "Aye, that's that's me." So then he kind of introduced me to everybody and kind of got me in down at and, was talking away to people and that was nice, you know, to actually have that bit of recognition that people yeah. appreciate the work you're doing and then they're like, well, come on in and meet the guys and we can talk about doing something. So that kind of laid the groundwork for the project with them that happened later on that summer then. um uh, uh, I mean, Madrid as well. Place. It was yeah, Royal
3: Voicano that you went to,
1: the second um, team, you or the tour team, you couldn't
5: say. Yeah the The third team in Madrid, but there's a I think he's from Dublin, an author called Kevin Dunn. Um, he's a journalist and an author, and he lives out there. And he'd written a book about five years ago about Rayo Vallecano, and I remember reading it. It's called Working Class Heroes, and I was like, I just kind of appreciated the kind of working class roots of the the club in a big city, you know, in the shadow of Real Madrid and Atletico, and I just oh, yeah. had a distant interest, you know, watching them and and looking after the results. So when my wife and myself went over to Madrid last year, I was like, we're, "We're definitely going to Estadio de Vallecano," and went to watch them play, which was which was great. It was the most I've ever spent for a match ticket, though. It was like one hundred twenty five euro for the ticket for for a Vallecano match ticket. Why was that? Well, every other ticket had sold out, so they were like, oh, this is a presidential suite ticket, so it'll get you the VIP treatment, and I was like. You know, being a foreigner, I was like, right, okay, look, I appreciate what's happening. I'll take a ticket, no problem. And it, it, the same presidential just it was literally, like, outside, freezing cold, rock-hard seat. Like, honestly, in January, about three degrees in Madrid, which I didn't even know it got cold in Madrid. Like, that's how kind of naive I was. You saw sold pub? Freezing. And I was like, do you, like, get a cup of tea or anything? And they like, no, 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 no. So they just <laughs> sold me a fucking ticket in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and we're like, you just crack on there. But... um Went to that game and then that night we ended up at the Atletico and Barcelona match. So I literally just train hopped straight out of that game, under a train and then up to the Atletico game. So it was nice. First time I'd done two games in a day abroad, which was good.
3: And these are all available on your Match in a Minute uh, YouTube page. Any of this, uh, are these videos am I
5: right? those shorter ones are all on the TikTok page. The, the YouTube, I kind of just keep more for the feature docs. So we'll get the,
3: the cheap plug-in. Anyway, But we'll talk about you are a diehard Newry fan. Tough season so far, Ali.
5: Brutal. And you know, last year we went 15 games without a win at one point. And I think we scored three or four goals in that time. I thought it couldn't get any worse. And then this year was like, here, hold my beer. Uh, it's It's been rough. But like, you just go every week, don't you? Like it, it doesn't even cross your mind to ever miss it. It's been rough. So, give us,
3: give the fans. So, I've been talking about Newry for a while with the lads, talking to the Rovers fans. Someone actually said it. He said, Is there a Rovers connection here? I said, We struck up a friendship with the lads in the documentary and just taking an interest in them because it's an interesting club. So, give us the lowdown for the last season or two on what's been happening with Newry as regards to the manager coming in, stuff like that, and home form in particular. We need to talk about that one.
5: Yeah. So, you know, Newry came back from the brink. 2013 the club was reformed and um they got i think it was like four promotions in five years to get back up to the premiership which was just unbelievable you know right in the crest of that we've we got relegated covid hit and then we got ourselves back up in 21 we won the league um you could see it behind me uh, we won the league title got back up to the premiership and stayed up last year basically with a game to go stayed up and it was just like ah oh, for us that's like winning the league title you know um We were tipped to go down at the start of the season. Everybody thought we would. And we hung in there and we've done well. But our manager of 10, 11 years, Darren Mullen, stepped down at the end of last year. He he felt like he'd taken us as far as we could go. And his right-hand man, Gary Boyle, took over. Uh, Unfortunately, it just didn't work out for him. And he was, well, he stepped down during that Christmas period. And we have a new manager in now, Barry Gray, who uh, left Warren Point, our rivals, and came and joined us. And it's, it's just amazing how they went to crying. <laughs> <one> <laughs> you you seem year. to get
3: more joy, the fact that you've raided your neighbours, yeah, than you've gotten a new manager.
5: It is, because it's a disaster for them at the minute. You know, last last year, Warren Point got to the playoff positions at the end of the year. So they were in a playoff to come up to the premiership. And we were thinking, great, like the Derby's back, it'll be fun. They had an admin error and ended up getting relegated from the league that they were in. So they are now two leagues beneath us. So, on top of Admin sprint, error. yeah. So on top of all the stuff that's happened with their manager as well, like they're actually two leagues below us now. So it's been uh, it's it's been hard for them. But yeah, so this year's just been tough. I think three or four wins. I think we're sitting on twelve points after I don't know what, is it twenty-five games? It's it's been a tough, tough season. It's funny watching you boys last year, like flying towards this four in a row and and seeing thousands in the stadium and I've been going to matches where 300 people are there watching us getting beat 4-0 by some team and it's just been depressing, you know. Sometimes you do ask why why do I do this?
3: Yeah, we. I mean, you touched on something there about coming up the leagues consecutively four times. That must have been really enjoyable from your perspective as a fan because you must have been travelling all over Ireland watching these games and it reminds me of the Wilderness years and the League of Ireland Discovery Tour, as it's known when Rovers were in the First Division. So um, I don't think, um, I could be corrected here, but I don't think there was another Dublin team in the league. So it was all sorts of away trips and madness that year and went down, came back up straight away, bounced back up. So were those four years following the club on those successive promotions, they were probably, probably one of the more exciting times following the club and enjoyable.
5: Oh, it was, it was amazing. There was a, a couple of crossover years when I was back, back and forth from England, you know, before I moved home properly. So I was kind of going to home games, but the boys who were doing the way games at the time were saying, you know, a hundred of them are getting on buses and driving literally to like a park, like a community council park somewhere. And they were playing the football team from that area on that pitch. Our boys turned up with like flags, drums and a carryout, like they usually do going to games, but they were there to see a team that had Twelve fans, and the fans were maybe like the dads of the players or whatever. So, like some of the boys I've spoken to, and the boys that I go to football with, have been to every ground in the north because of those years, like of traveling the shitty leagues, playing against teams like the boys that you work with, you know, those type of teams, and they came right up for us. Like I properly started following um about twenty fifteen when I came home, was going to games regularly, bought my first season ticket. Then when I was back home living, and. It was, it was amazing. And the thing is, as well, the levels that you're coming up in, Nuri were winning probably 70% of the matches. So it doesn't really matter what level you're at. Like, that's always amazing. When you're going to games, you're going to see goals, you know, you're going to see them win. They won a few cups as well. You're going to the bar afterwards, and the boys are all local lads. Like, that was the thing. The club was rebuilt with, you know, Nuri centered. It was all local lads who, who lived within about six miles of the club. The furthest we had, the biggest blow-in was a boy from Dundalk called Kevin McArdle. Yeah. That was as far as it went. I mean, like, you know, 10 miles down the road was as far as our team stretched. It was kind of like the Lisbon Lions, I suppose, but less glamorous.
1: <laughs> I was going to say it, but I wanted to I let you.
5: <laughs> a bit less glamorous. But, uh, you know, so it was built with with Nuri boys at the core, Nuri management, and it, I think the, the the town or the city... Really bought it in a bit more than it did previously because the previous club was, you could say, almost mercenaries. You know, from all over the place that were there for a pay packet, whereas this club was was built with local ads. Everybody started to get behind it, and that's kind of stuck stuck with us to this day.
3: Yeah, we spoke about the new gaffer already as well, and he has, uh, he's brought in changes big time. I mean, he's scalped a couple of players. He's brought in some new ones. You've gotten in some loan signings you've a pretty much, you You could have four or five new faces in your stand 11, am I right?
5: Yeah, he's he brought in a good few fellas there and McDonough just signed from Cliftonville as well, Jamie McDonough, so um, he's in on loan until the end of the year. The, the calibre of player that he's brought in is very good and, you know, Gary Boyle, to be fair to him, in the summer brought in some good players as well. Um, He brought in three strikers who were all the top goal scorers in their leagues last year, so that was, yeah. you know, unfortunately they came into a team where we're always going to be in the back foot and can't create, but, yeah, he's, Barry Gray's brought in some good players at the minute and the goal is obviously to stay up and he, he's taken that and he's running with it. So fingers crossed. Like, I think the automatic, you know, staying up safely automatically is is gone for us. Um, It's going to be a, a big task to catch Dungan there, like 12 points clear of us. But we're only six, we're bottom, we're six behind balamina And if we can catch them, we'll be in a playoff with second place in in the league blue. And I'd fancy us against anybody down there.
3: Yeah, so um, there's a big question. You spoke on it. Will you beat the drop? Are you confident?
5: Yeah, I think, you know, football fans are optimistic pessimists, aren't we? And I, I (laughs) I think we'll stay up. You know, I think we will. If you had asked me that a month ago not a chance I I would have accepted the fate. The only thing I will say is if Portadown and the team that we have to play in the playoff, I couldn't face losing to Portadown. I would rather go down right now than lose to Portadown in the playoff. So that's the thing. I, it, <laughs> just, it would hurt too much. You know, Warren point is kind of like the Derby in terms of geography, but Portadown is the big rivalry. Just from previous years, both do, of us the same thing. Do you
3: remember a fella called Gary Twig playing for Portadown?
5: Mm-hmm. He
1: was
3: one of... He was one of our, uh, he's still probably my favourite player and a, a club legend and we haven't really had a striker that has scored as consistently as him. Do you remember seeing Gary Tooth play?
5: No, he would have been before my time, but I've like I've seen Portadown post videos of him. I think he was part of that, was he part of the title winning team with Portadown as well? Yeah, I think
3: he did, he won a trophy and he scored goals. His record was great with Rovers and with Portadown, so he definitely does a soft spot for him up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about merch now, right? So, yes, I saw this beautiful retro kit in your club shop. So, tell us about why it came to fruition. Tell us the story behind the jersey, and this is something that a lot of clubs are doing. They're putting out a lot of retro jerseys. Uh, match winner are back on the scene, and they're doing side deals with the likes of Chesterfield and a couple of other clubs. With this one, you put out. Tell us the story behind it, and uh, well, it's it's up on the socials, isn't it? It's up on the the .co.uk, club site.
5: Yeah, you could buy it on there. Um, So the, the last time we won that division that we were in, the Championship now, which was the old first division, was in 1998. And I think it was in 2021, we were flying and we were going well. And I said to the boys, um, it'd be nice to do a reproduction of this, just to kind of mark the occasion. Yuri, we don't win things all that often, apart from the lower leagues, but we don't win anything significant. We've never won a kind of big major trophy like the Irish Cup when that so we were like let's mark this occasion steven who runs the club shop um between us we kind of came up with the idea of doing the reproduction of that 98 jersey and he got on to his suppliers and, and managed to get like a, a retro kit made up which was it was absolutely stunning but the mad thing that happened was we sent away it was like a, a two-month turnaround <laughs> we were pre-selling them pre-orders were flying in opened up the first box and it came back purple instead of blue uh, literally like a, no, night, I don't yeah. it. so, he opened up the hatch to sell him like this night before a match opened it up the box and it, everything was purple and we were literally like gonna have to go back so it was another two month wait to get them like I think the phone call that he had wasn't the nicest phone call with the boy like what the fuck these are purple and the blue and uh, so what we ended up doing was when groundhoppers come to the ground we give them the free purple jersey because they don't know any different really you know yeah, uh, yeah, any kind of visitors to the ground we've been giving away it was like a kids group came down, giving them all free purple jerseys. But uh, I got a gorgeous, gorgeous jersey, you know. And the the nice thing that there was a lot of links between that ninety eight team and the twenty one team that won the league, and you know some nice crossovers that happened there. So it was it was just a very natural thing to be able to to reproduce that, and hopefully, you know down the line um i'm hoping it's not the championship that we're winning maybe sometime a league title but it'd be nice to do a reproduction of the 21 jersey which is just up here yeah and absolutely. and do that at some point but there's just something about those old 90s jerseys you know with the, the big collars on them and uh, everything was just xl any of the originals that we could find were literally xls like they didn't have small footballers back then everyone was six foot three and about no. 18 you know don't, didn't have inverted wingers back then. No, definitely not, no.
3: So we're going to move on. I'm going to talk about the four in a row documentary, twice in a lifetime. So why Rovers? Tell us that.
5: So as I suppose from my point of view, you're always looking for the biggest story that's available to you, aren't you? And um, the biggest story that was available at that time was the fact that Rovers were four games away from winning four in a row. And I know the international break kind of scarpered your momentum at the time and you boys just wanted to get the league finished. But for me, it was perfect. We had just put out the Loud Derby doc. The reception for it had been a lot better than we thought it might have been. And, you know, we we kind of thought in around 2000 views would be good, but it ended up being up around six or seven pretty quickly. And we used that as a calling card. We were like, right now, well, at least clubs know that what we're trying to do, the style that we're going to, we're trying to achieve. And... We were researching stories and I just I just remember reading an article about Rovers four in a row and I've been to a few games with rovers during the year and I was like, that's the story, you know, we we'll have to we've only got like a week to turn this around because they're gonna have a match pretty soon. So it was a case of reaching out to you boys, reaching out to the club and and thankfully, you know, being given the access that we needed to to get turned around quickly because it was a, a tight, tight turnaround, you know. It
3: um, was, wasn't it? We were we were shitting ourselves at some stage.
5: Yeah, uh, definitely. Um and it's one of those things where you know that's the beauty of the documentary. You don't need anybody but a contributor and a camera. You know you can just make it work. Uh,
1: yeah.
5: In the drama point of view, you know, need an actors, need crew. We don't need that. We could just grab a camera and go and shoot it. Um. But it, you know, it's the biggest story in Irish football for thirty odd years. Really, the four in a row. Um. And. Just to capture history was a big thing. Like so, that was our aim. It was like let's go and hopefully capture history in the lens. And I remember talking to you boys about it. And every time I mentioned the four in a row, it was like the possible four in a row. Don't say four in a row. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. You know.
3: So how was the filming process, and did you enjoy the atmosphere in Tala? Did everybody welcome you in? What do you think of Tala and the atmosphere, with the ultras and the combined experience at Tala Stadium altogether?
5: Yeah, that was for Tala. is it's definitely like. It was brilliant. We've been down a few times to Tala, uh, not filming, just down to watch. And um, that's so standard. There's a huge noise that comes from it. For us, filming-wise, it was going to have to be at the core of what we were doing. Um, but everybody welcomed us. You know, we had kind of been given warnings about filming and shooting into the crowd. But I think you guys had put the word out there first um that everything would be grand. Everyone was super. And also, like, it helps whenever you're filming a club for something so positive as the four in a row. Like, it was kind of like party atmosphere and the build up to those last few games I think once the first two goals had gone in against Strada the, the pressure was lifted that night anyway and the momentum had started to build so you know every, everyone was great there was no real like we, we never had an issue once and the access that we were given was just was class you know that was something we really appreciated of because they didn't have to you know the club and the fans could have just said this is our thing we don't need anybody to come in but the fact that they did allow us to kind of come in and, and capture it was was great like and just being there to witness it was was nice and it was one of those kind of pinch yourself moments you know i'm not a rovers fan i'm a newry fan but to stand on the pitch when the title was go and when they were lifting the title and to witness that and see what it meant to people i think is sometimes nicer than being in the stands as a fan, because you don't have that pressure. I think I was able to look at people and think like, oh, they're enjoying it. I was able to capture that. So it was a nice moment.
3: So Ali, we, um, we move forward onto uh, probably one of the most nervous of ever, times I've ever been following rovers was Richmond Park. So um, I think you got wind that there might have been a bit of a, a scene and a rally and a march going up to Richmond Park. So tell us a little bit about that.
5: That was the the fixture, I suppose to give it a context before this was the documentary was kind of thrown up the left on the very first day in that the four fixtures were laid out, weren't they? And then the storm hit. And I don't think it's happened to you guys, like, but the the original fixture was delayed. So it kind of threw them all up the left. Richmond was always going to be the the big one for us. And when it it came, I suppose a game earlier than we thought it would, um, for for you guys. So going to Richmond, that was the one that I was properly nervous about because I was like, well. You know, if they fall flat here and or they fall short and, and don't win the four in a row, we don't really have a story. So it's kind of a lot of a wasted effort and wasted time. So I was thinking, right, please, God, just go to Richmond Park and win it. And I've been to Richmond before and I was like, you know, it's it's a lot tighter than Tala. So we kind of had to work out exactly where we we're going to shoot and how we were going to do it. The build up to it was just Class when we got word that there was going to be a bit of a, a march down to the ground and and seeing that and you know this is like it's Irish football we're talking about here and you're seeing scenes that are basically like what you'd see across Europe, um and for for anyone who doesn't follow local football and all capturing moments like that for us is just amazing we're like this is exactly why you should be supporting your local team you know this is here help that grow, um so seeing that down to Richmond and and the atmosphere in the ground that night from both sets of fans was brilliant it was one of those proper nights where you're like. Pitching rain, heavy winds, fans were going at it. The the pitch was covered in pyro. You couldn't see for like the first five minutes. They were like, this felt like a proper big night and a big event, you know? So um, being in amongst them and being pitched out was class for us.
3: I think as from a filmmaker's perspective, it really clicked because you had the scenes and marching from the Patriots going up, which like you said, was insane. It, It looked like something from Warsaw. And then going into the ground, and yeah, so the atmosphere was the best I did, um, I think it was ridiculous, like, the smoke screen was crazy, I've never seen anything like it, there was so much smoke, you literally could not see the pitch, it was, it was all green, it was all green, it was bizarre, it was, it was just, you just knew you were in for a great night, it's just something in the, the bottom of my stomach just telling me that, but, um. The celebrations are full-time, Ali. Like you said, it clicked from your perspective. It's just exactly what you wanted. A pitch invasion and the famous Pico Klinsman, which has now gone viral.
5: Uh, it was amazing. And even the match itself kind of had like an emotional roller coaster. You know, it was up and down and Pats hit the crossbar pretty early on from what I remember. And the drama was there. It was like, this isn't going to be an easy night, you know, and, and I kind of had accepted that it was going to be a nil-nil. I thought it's a good point on the road, I suppose, and back at Tala or Cork. I was thinking on the Monday night, wasn't it? I was thinking, right, a trip to Cork on Monday night here. And then all of a sudden, was it Greener or Burke who scored the first one? And uh and it just it sent the whole place crazy. But I just remember the atmosphere when he scored that goal. And I was at the far end of the ground because I was doing the match cam. So I was up where where the Pats fans are in that corner. I was filming right down, and the noise that came from it—it's just there's something about a, a a section of away fans cheering that it's just unbelievable when you're on the ground, you know. And hearing it from that end was class. The flares popped off, and the celebrations at the end were just amazing. Like that shot that Michael got, um, of of Bradley and O'Neill hugging, and and that little embrace was just that was worth it. You know, that's exactly what it meant in that wee moment. You know.
3: I think one of the one of my favourite moments was when Borkey rounded the keeper and it just went silent. And that was that was caught really well it just and then the roar it gets it gets out and it's just fantastic. So there was a big celebration afterwards outside and then we had Sligo at home so it was celebration time. So um did you find that it was a little bit more muted than Richmond at the Sligo game?
5: No, I, I thought the atmosphere was great at the Sligo game, just on Richmond as well. I actually cut this from the edit, but whenever he scored, when he rounds the keeper and scores, you actually hear all the seats in that temporary stand that they have there at Richmond going up. You, all you hear is all the empty seats because people get up to walk away, you know? So I actually cut that out, but I thought that was a pretty <laughs> good thing. That you can to hear them all leaving. Um, but no, I thought the atmosphere at home for Tala, at Tala for that uh, Sligo Rovers game, I thought was, was brilliant. It was the pressure's off. Yeah, had the, the match at Cork, obviously, which we didn't end up having to go to. But, um, you know, the pressure was off. It was like a party atmosphere. And it turned out to actually be a hell of a game, considering, you know, yeah. that there was nothing really at stake for either team. It was a hell of a game. And some cracking goals scored. So, uh, no, I thought it was it was brilliant. And the display beforehand from the Ultras on that side stand I thought was class. It looked brilliant. And for us, you know, uh, obviously... We, we can only show so much and we couldn't go into kind of all the pyro and stuff, but the displays that, that, that were in that south stand from the three games that we were at were just unreal.
3: Yeah, the lads are knocking it out of the park lately. They're, they're very, very dedicated. Um, were you as relieved as Robbers fans to get it done and dusted for the sake of the project?
5: Yeah, like, coming up, coming up the road after being at Richmond Park, I was like, thank God that that's done, like, that the league was won. You know, I was like, at least we have a story now because... You know it was it was good crack and everything we got some good footage we could have done something short maybe but um for the interviews that like every interview that we had shot with people it was like we're gonna put this out but only if you win the league you know we don't want to kind of make you make you look like aegis for saying we're looking forward to winning the four in a row and it doesn't happen so for us we were just so relieved that it actually that everything worked out and that we had a story to tell and then it was just a case of well like how are we going to tell the story now because initially it was going to be like a proper observational documentary following the fans like we had mic yourself up during a game. We had to change that approach because the fixtures had been moved around and th- yeah. the same drama maybe wasn't going to be there because the match the, the league was won basically after the second match of that run in. So um it just became a well let's encapsulate what this four in a row means to the previous generation and this current generation and, and hope that it, it clicks.
3: So tell us we're going to wrap it up now but what is next for a match in a minute? What's on the
5: cards? I, I don't know. At the minute, I am what's next for me is I we have a baby coming in just over four weeks. So that's kind of all focus is on is on that. Um and so dirty nappies and knife aids is what's due for you. That's it. I've probably never seen a football match again in my life. But um <laughs> no we, we have a few bits of pieces lined up. We're working with there's another Nuri filmmaker who's just on rail. His name's John Ravy, and uh, he actually works for the Premier League. And his job is to do those kind of match promos that you would see on TV all across the world. He does those, but he's working with us at the minute and we're working up an idea with him. He has a documentary that he's pitched and we're just trying to secure a bit of funding to to make sure that that can happen. Um, But what we want to do with what, with match in a minute is open it out there. If people have ideas for documentaries, we want to create like a bit of a hub that you can go and make a documentary and submit it to us and, you know, and or if you have an idea that we can help with a crew or we can help with people to help you bring it to life, that's kind of what we're looking for. It's to create a bit of a hub, you know, like an Irish Copa 90, essentially, that we can open yeah. it out there. You know, because it is it is a big undertaking making a documentary, and even at 15 minutes, you know, it, it's not that long to watch it, but the work that goes into shooting that is probably four or five days for for the rover dock. Editing-wise, you know, you, you're sitting here for probably a week sitting doing it um, cutting it ourselves. It's a big undertaking and we can only do so many, like at, at the rate that we're doing this, it's four a year, essentially. So we want to open it out there and let people come up with ideas that can go and shoot things and and work with us. So hopefully, you know, maybe in a year's time, there's a, a, a bigger and better portfolio of documentaries that we can keep adding to and, and keep telling stories from Irish football because I think North and South, it's two of the most unique leagues in the world. It's, you know... It's the only place where, like, the humor and the look of the people actually is reflected in the league as well. I think, particularly up yeah. here, with the Irish league behavior, you know, the things that happen up here is just just insane that you would never see at the top division of any league in the world. But um, yeah, we've just got such a unique football, so unique in this in this island, and we just want to keep telling those stories.
3: So I think next up, we're gonna have to pitch. You're usually doing the pitching, but I think we'll pitch to you to drive for five a season long Netflix style. Series, maybe that could be next on the cards.
5: That's it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Get Con Murphy, <laughs> Murphy texts me after it went out. And he says, Drive to Five needs to happen. So, uh, so we'll see how it goes.
1: Absolutely.
3: Listen, Ali, thanks very much, and uh, uh, good luck with all your endeavors. and We'll talk soon. Cheers, lads. Thanks for all your help. Yeah, so Prof Ali, um, God bless him with Newry. Jesus, it's rough being a Newry fan but he sticks with it I'll give him that he sticks with it and they're they're really really battling now did a big game on the weekend I think it was against and won all and they needed a win but they're having faith in their new gaffer so yeah now really really big shout out to Ali because he was uh, he's been such a pleasure to deal with and such a cool bloke and now a part of the Tifties universe prof and a, and a mate so I plan on getting up to a new game as much as possible
4: yeah, we did we did talk about this documentary at the time, didn't we? Um we we sang its praises. Uh it was absolutely quality, especially the last bit with the back and forth between the current and the former four in a row. I love that. Just back and forth of the old photos and the, the new footage. The montage probably. Uh it was it was brilliantly put together. So yeah, looking forward to seeing what Addy does next with his matching mini series.
3: Absolutely. I'm not sure if he has anything planned. Me and him had something planned, and it had to do with infrastructure and stadiums. Now, if that happens, it will be very, very interesting—a hot topic to say the least. But listen, we our schedules are kind of full at the minute. But yeah, all the best to Ali and um, we look forward to seeing him at Italia again. But prof, next up, it's starting 11s and predictions. Right, so prof, starting 11s and predictions. Um think we should let you go for us every week now
4: oh, i think that's a terrible idea because <laughs> i don't prepare them but i suggest we have a what's your preferred 11 if everyone's fit but also what's your 11 for this game so like do we have an idea if feel like we we know that towel Hoare mm. are back you know a couple of players haven't played much pre-season at all now in
3: saying that you could see Honhan start as well so
4: well, that's just it. So, Fadam had an 11 in his tipped his hotline, which I think, if everyone's fit, I agree with him. I think you agree with him as Where well. Where did Conan Noonan stand? That is the 11 I would go with. So, awesome. Paul's, Pauls, Clark, Pigo, Grace, Cleary, Ferugia, McIniff, Gary O'Neill, Jack Byrne, Burke, Gaffney. So... Let's say we're not expecting McAniff and Jack to play. Right. So that means two slots in there. Pigo again, Um, it's only, it's only a couple of weeks after the AFCON. Let's say if if, let's say if there's no Pigo, I'm going to play Honaghan. Yeah. And if there's no Jack and McAniff, I don't expect them to, to play. Then my two there are Noonan and Burns, I'm putting in. Noonan and Burns. Yep. Oh, man, I can't do it.
3: I'm just gonna go with that because I'm after writing down every name now, and like I can't pick you. Um,
4: you struggling with the cloud, guy?
3: I'm struggling. I just, I just want I want the to get a go as well. You know, it's 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 so it's such a good team, but I have Bork. Bork's gonna have a good season for me this year. Gaff Gaff plays. He's had a good week's rest, so you can definitely play him. Clark has to play. I think the interesting position after Hanahan's performance is gonna be center half if he comes in and plays there. Um yeah uh, prediction prof I'm going to go I'm going to go 3-0 comprehensive Ooh. comprehensive 3 goals again yeah it's, it, it's just you know premonition thing and I'm going to go mm-hmm. Conan the only one to get a goal very good to continue on his good form and Burkey with a brace
4: yeah I'm going to say is, as, uh, the same score as as the present I'm going to say 3-1 again so no clean sheet. and who'll score I'll say Gaffney I'll say Burkey. And I'll say I might pick a defender here. I'll say I'll say Frugia. the score sheet. To get onto the score sheet. So that is our starting mm-hmm. on Evans. Our predictions.
3: Um Three. the prediction league as well. Do not forget we have Joe Joe Predictions as I call him. Um he is doing a prediction. League. It's greatest So check it out. Um it's brilliant. It's grey crack. You pick a score for every game in the Premier Division and the Force Division and then you have ways of topping up your scores as well so you pick who you think are going to be the top scorers you pick 3 of them you pick the sack race you pick uh, a few other things it's really good and he sends out a really lengthy in-depth newsletter every thursday so it's one of those things where you forget but you check your emails and he does a little top up so let's week let's for example next week on top he'll go Gary Parsons is top of the pile follow closely by blah, blah 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 and he gives stats everything the whole lot it's brilliant so it's greatestleague.ie check him out 60 people signed up a pot of 600 quid now to win but it's more so a bit of crack so we're going to do a tifties league as well so we're going to do a sub league or a side league for anyone who's involved with tifties and we're going to do that as well so Joe's going to look after that so definitely check it out it's greatestleague.ie you just love predictions don't you that's just good I, you hate it that's why I want you to do it <laughs> Oh, I need you involved in this. Um, <laughs> I'm just not good at them. Um, but that's the thing. You can't be as bad as Tommy Tarmy.
4: He was propping up people for a long time. But it's, it's great crack, honestly. Check it out. Yeah, get the programme as always. You got your Richie Tell interview uh, at the gog nabbed them post-match. So uh, you'll hear Richie Tell's thoughts in the season ahead. I have a big article on Pico Lopez. It's so huge that it had to be a part one and I had to continue on in the next issue. I you couldn't
3: about, slide in a second half? No. The Gog forever, the the um,
4: disciplinarian. It was just a bit about the off season and then I'm leading into AFCON and then I'm going to talk about the AFCON and sort of like, where is Da? sorry story of his parents, with, there was a great article in the Examiner a few years ago so I'm borrowing a bit from that. So kind of like how their parents met and where he's from and just a bit about Cape Verde in general so... Yeah, no, I'm really enjoying writing that. A um, couple of stats before I go, before I leave you. 2008, still the last time defending champions were beaten on opening day. That's when Rovers went to defending champions Drogda and got a surprise 1 0 win. Last season in Tolka. With a, talk, with to a goal rough. by Alan Murphy, Galway the legend. And. Dundalk are our most frequent opening day opponents. This is the seventeenth time. Seventeenth. Seventeenth. Next highest is Bowes on fifteenth. And we have won all ten Tala domestic games since we beat Dundalk 3 0 on the second of June.
7: Yeah, I remember that one.
4: So we were we haven't beaten the Rollestone in the Leicester Senior Cup, but just Talla home domestic games. 10 in a row and it's 9 in a row in the league and I gave Bradshaw this stat at the end of last season that equals the run from 1993 at the RDS so can we go one better?
3: Can we go one better Prof? We're looking forward to it but all roads lead to tallah Friday Prof uh, collect your members packs at the sweet entrance as well same place as last week if you haven't collected your members pack your season ticket is going to be in it if you've got an inclusive one do not forget that very important so you can actually gain access to the stadium so um, we should have an announcement for the bar now in the next few days as well as it stands as we record we don't have one so we should have an upcoming but all roads lead to Mecca Prof the uh, home of football in Dublin Tala Stadium buzzing to be back into the south so that um, can we Prof we are back happy new season I cannot we and that is it so keep on hoping and we'll see you in Block X in the South Stand see ya